If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. We could shift and not pivot. I'm not saying that we could pivot and then shift. We could shift first and pivot later. I'm not sure. We're going to see the way the whole thing evaluates. And then we could shift and pivot and pivot and shift at the same time. We could do the hokey pokey and turn it all around. And we could put our left foot down. I'm not sure. We're going to see what happens with the variant So <laughs> before good. we pivot and shift, okay? All right. That's Everybody understand good. that? That is pretty good. All right, good. I got to catch a plane now. I'm traveling out to L.A. to meet with, uh, you know, to meet with uh, Samuel Jackson to try to fight the crime problem here in New York. Okay, I'm going to pivot and shift out the state. That's what I'm going to do right now. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Funny right there, I think. It's like a jungle sometimes. <laughs> Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, ladies and gentlemen, on this happy, happy hump day. I don't know, is it so happy? Yeah, it is. It's going to be a nice day. It's beautiful. I'm here with Sydney and uh, Louie and the gang, the crew. It's all good. On this, uh, what is it, May uh, May 11th, May 11th, the, the best month of the year in my estimation. And uh, Eric Adams, I don't think he made any news yesterday. I think no, he, he did. He kept no, a low profile. No, 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 he, no, 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 no. Oh, he did? Oh, he did? <laughs> Not a low oh, profile. Tell, tell Not even it, close. Not even Hit close. Me, brother. Well, Hit the, me, my brother. We, we've got it. I've got the audio. The Yankees. Oh, you, okay, slow down. Slow down on it, yeah. then. Slow down. You want to yeah. wait? You want to? That's a good tease. Leave it at that. Yeah, we're not going to play it now. That? We're not going to play it now, but the Yankees had this dramatic and I mean dramatic, walk-off win last night. Aaron Judge hit a three-run walk-off home run with one out in the ninth to lift the Yankees to a 6-5 to win over Toronto. The Yankees now with 21-8, and own the best record in Major League Baseball. They've now won 14 of their last 16 games. That's a side story. The biggest story, which you just mentioned, is who threw out the first pitch last night and then who did an interview in the second inning alongside Michael Kay and Cameron Mabin the man you just mentioned, the esteemed and moronic mayor of New York City, oh Eric Adams. Oh, my God. Wow. Wow. I missed. I, I can't believe I, I didn't watch the game last night. And that would have been. Oh, so we have some of that. I we've like got that. It. I we've like got, that. We've that got is, it all. That's a great, yeah. a terrific tease. Uh, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff out there. Uh, the imbecile gave his. Uh, this guy is a demented pathological liar. He gave a big, long. Uh, a speech on inflation and lying and denying and all this stuff. My policies are doing good. We'll get to all of that crap. Uh, there's going to be protests outside of the six, fully six justices of the Supreme Court today. And you have the uh, the Peppermint Patty-looking punk, uh, Saki, actually encouraging people. She actually said it. We encourage people to do these protests. So we have all of that uh, heavy stuff. And uh, oh, the price of gas, yesterday was a record, $4.37 cents a gallon yesterday was a record today's another record four dollars and 40 cents a gallon it keeps going up 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 
just like everything else, inflation and, uh, well, it's just a terrible, terrible, the numbers of people coming across the border, a lot of things going up, but the country's going down, I would say. And also, uh, this, you know, this uh, formula shortage, this is a, a bigger deal than I was thinking about yesterday. Yesterday I'm thinking, hey, how come these little kids can't just drink milk? We'll just, just give them a, no, put, no, put no, some no. milk in the damn bottle no. and shove it in their mouth. And what's, nope. the big thing? what's the problem? Nope. But I remember back in the day when my kids were small, we, we would give them, my wife was reminding me, Carol, she was reminding me, we gave them Similac. And they had to have it because uh, their stomachs can't absorb stuff like milk with the uh, various bacteria and, and whatnot in it, that type of thing. But then I'm, I'm wondering after she told me that, how did kids get along back, uh, you know, 100 years ago? What did they do? <laughs> they, well, died. Did they, for, for, <laughs> they died. They died? Some of them died. Yeah, I, I mean, my kids, same thing. Both Ava and Gabriel could not drink milk, and I spent a ton of money at CVS in Tenafly, New Jersey, and Boca Raton for Similac, just like your kids. A ton of money. They never drank milk. So this this shortage is a really, really, really big, big deal, and you know, to keep hearing this this imbecile in, in, in charge, as you call him, continue to blame the pandemic, which is long, long gone, and Putin, which is a really lazy, easy excuse time and time and time again. I mean, you know, if you screw up once in a while, but you're somewhat accountable, like I've been my whole life, then it goes away just a little. But when you continue to screw up on a daily basis and use the same two lame excuses, which have nothing to do, nothing with the issue at hand, you really become unlikable. You really do. Uh, no question about it. I mean, just uh, I because mean, it actually ha- has you know concrete effects is what it is. People are hurting. People are pissed off. And uh they treat you with contempt, disdain. They think you're stupid, that you don't realize what's going on out there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, I don't know, man. So maybe it's not such such a happy uh, happy hump day. Right. I mean, anyway. what, what's your guess, guess where you live in uh, Long Beach? What are you paying, you said, Bernie? Uh, I am paying, uh, it's, it's probably like $4 a gallon. Yeah, because uh, uh, my, my, yeah. my uh, main man, Scott Arbuse, longtime friend and now cousin, married to my cousin, Audra Krell, loved Scott Arbuse, loved his father, the great Al Arbuse, the football coach at Midwood for many, many years, a friend of Russ Salzburg. He's telling me he's paying right now at the pump in East Meadow four sixty-five. That is way too high. Wow, East Meadow. That's not, that's not that far from me or right. even you, right. for that matter. Right. A four sixty-five. I'm paying for something. Actually, I'm not driving these days, so it's really a guess on my part, but uh, it's up there. It is up there, and again today the uh, new record 440, the average for the country, and uh, this mutt keeps uh, just screwing everything up. So anyway, locally uh, uh, regarding Eric Adams and uh, you know the broken windows policy and all that, uh, listen to uh, listen to the bearer of good news. His name is Bill Ritter from Channel Seven. Listen to what happened regarding the broken windows policy. That yes, Eric Adams is employing, and listen to Bill Ritter tell you the dividends. That, that it reaped yesterday, a cut 35 loop, Bill Ritter on, uh, well, go ahead, play that clip. And one more crime story to tell you about. This time, two New York cops getting credit tonight for helping catch a man with a gun who had just jumped a turnstile at a subway station. Police Commissioner Sewell tweeting out this photo of the officers saying once they stopped the man for jumping the turnstile, they found a gun. And then they found out he had an active warrant out for him. Recently, the city's been cracking down more on quality of life crimes, such as turnstile jumping, to cut down on violence. How do you like that? See, he had a gun on him. And that's, that's always been the case. That people have said that, you know, for, for the last 20 years, I mean, with, with the broken windows policies. 
that they catch these guys with these low-level uh, incidents, these crimes, that, you know, they casually just jump the, the, the turnstile or they casually just drinking on the street, and they catch them, and they have guns on them, they have warrants on them, they have drugs on them. And so that, there's another example of that. So, the, so Broken Windows works, and uh, perhaps, for example, that guy, because Eric Adams is employing Broken Windows, that's a good thing. That's uh, something in his favor, though. He should come clean and say, yes, I am doing what Rudy Giuliani did in the past, and hopefully the stats will uh, prove that I'm, that I'm getting some results from that coming up. So uh, I think that was a pretty damn good thing. Also, just before I get to I don't want to get to the Biden stuff just yet because it just makes me sick to my stomach. But just on a lighter note, uh, Charles Barkley, he was on TNT and he was talking about these abusive fans. As, and as you know, uh, uh, said that in the past when he was a player, Charles Barkley was spit on and he ran into the stands and he he attacked the player. If I'm not mistaken, did that not happen? No, he did. Yes, that did happen. Yes. He did. So, so here's what he said on TNT the other night, Cut 24, Charles Barkley. Lou, play that, please. Some of the stuff these fans say, let's take them right down to center court for five minutes. <laughs> I've always said that. Some of the crap they said to you, hey, let's give me five minutes to center court with them until they say, please. you ain't going to press no charges. Nobody going to get it. No, and no, ain't nobody going to be sued civilly. Say what you just said to me right to my face right here for these five minutes. And I'm going to beat your ass, beat the hell out of you. You know, it's funny because uh, Charles, who actually got in trouble once for throwing a Mexican kid through a window on Grove Street in Orlando, a defenseless, you know, four foot eight Mexican kid. The one fight I remember Charles getting in in the NBA was with Shaq. And it was the old, I'm trying to slap you from like 20 feet away. Like, he couldn't look more or less intimidating than he did there. Now he weighs about 400 pounds, soaking. The guy can't even get out of his chair. So I'm sorry, Charles. He was a great player, Hall of Famer, great player. But uh, at no point during his career was Charles Barkley an enforcer, a tough guy, an intimidator. He needs to uh, pipe down just a little bit. Just a little. That's terrible. I think he might be able to uh, bust your ass. No, uh, these no days. chance. No chance. You don't think so? Well, anyway, knows? he followed up. He followed up with that. The cut twenty-five. Go ahead, look. I'm gonna take my time. <laughs> I'm not gonna beat him up quickly. <laughs> I'm gonna jab him a little bit. <laughs> then I'm gonna lay the haymakers on the ass. Uh, uh, he's funny. Uh, uh, uh. He is funny. I think he is funny. No, I like I that. I like Charles. that type I of talk. Yeah, he's he's great. And I've told you that before. I th- I, th- I think in the pregame shows, the football games, etc. They should have these kind of characters. These tough guys. Who, you know, speak uh, the truth. Well, speak the, the, they're not so cut and dry, you know, bleachy, milk toast, you know, that type of, uh, you know, uh, politically incorrect stuff. I right, hate that stuff. Right. Yeah, actually, uh, again, Eric Salas doing a terrific job. You need to watch this radio show once the radio show is done at WABCradio.tv. They're actually showing the fight. Barkley with the Houston Rockets up against Shaq and the Lakers and Glenn Rice and all those guys. So that's a great job by Salas even getting that. I didn't even know you were going to talk about this story. A couple of blowouts last night, by the way, Bernie, like 40-point wins for Phoenix. They go up three games to two. The Miami Heat, they go up three games to two. So not a lot of exciting basketball last night. That does lend to the guys doing the games, Tom Brady, or the guys in studio, Charles Barkley, being entertaining because the games last night were not very competitive, and Barkley is a guy that'll keep you watching even though the games were not great. Exactly right. And, and again, uh, that's one of the reasons why I say Gary Cohen with the Mets, even though the games are not great, listening to him and, uh, you know, Hernandez and uh, what's his face? Ron Dolan. 
Ron Darling, you, you continue to watch the game. Same thing with Mike Breen on ESPN and ABC, and, of course, uh, with Walt Clyde Frazier, no, no question about it, in the New York Knicks. Now, listen, they voted to, to uh, yesterday to send $40 billion, back to the heavy stuff, $40 billion to the Ukraine. What a terrible embarrassment. 70% of Republicans voted with them. I mean, and this, by the way, the Ukraine is where uh, Hunter Biden made millions. Now Joe, his dad is sending billions. And, you know, his dad made, made, got a cut of that, those millions that came this way. In fact, remember the tape. And then I fired the pro- Well, I told him to fire the prosecutor. Well, what do you know? Son of a bitch. They fired him. And I gave him the, uh, the, the billion dollars. So uh, we, 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 there's all kinds of corruption, money laundering going on. We have that. Also, uh, this, uh, this new press secretary coming in, a uh, press spokesperson for Biden, I should say, this, this nice little smiley face, uh, Corinne, whatever the hell her name is, uh, Jean-Pierre, Corinne Jean-Pierre. Anyway, uh, listen, I have a, good, a great cut of uh, a well-known media figure called her a black lesbo. Before we get to that, listen to her from the past. I played some stuff yesterday calling Fox News racist, uh, calling uh, Jews uh, severely racist. Now, cut 34. This is her in the past on Donald Trump. Cut 34, please, Lou. Donald Trump is the first president to have purposefully had made has made racism the center of his of his campaign of his administration clearly so not only is uh, Donald Trump a puppet for Putin Putin's puppet he's also a puppet for the NRA Donald Trump is indeed Putin's Manchurian candidate I don't know where Donald Trump is wants to take this but it's it's wherever it is it's going to be dangerous it could lead to some sort of horrible civil war and he yes. looked really like a, a child, like a man-child sitting there. Um, but it, it, it really goes back to that's why he loves dictators. That's why he wants to be a dictator. We know that Donald Trump is a liar. All right, He's shut up, the shut, chief up liar. shut up, shut up, shut up, stop it, let's stop. So Trump is a, a racist and a misinformation. He's Putin's puppet, all that stuff. Nobody was harder on, on, on Putin and Russia than Donald Trump compared to the Obama administration. And certainly uh, up until the war compared to uh, Joe Biden, uh, Donald Trump really laid the hammer on them, got NATO th- together to, to uh, you know, to pull it, to, get, to pay their fair share and made it a stronger force against uh, Putin and Russia. But anyway, the well-known media figure, maybe he's not so well-known. Did you ever hear this guy, Dave Rubin? No. Anyway, he's, he, he's, uh, he's a podcast guy. He's all over the place. Uh, like he's, he's on Tucker Carlson a lot. And he said this about uh, this Corinne Jean-Pierre getting the uh, the job as press spokesperson for Joe Biden. This is cut 37, Lou. Cut 37 is Dave Rubin. Please pay, pl- play cut 37. Corinne Jean-Pierre, we know nothing about her other than the most important things. She's a black lesbo. And for that, she's got the gig. Very exciting. She's also married to a CNN anchor. Yes, you can't make this stuff up. You'd think that perhaps... In terms of optics, if you were bringing in a new White House press secretary, you could maybe, possibly, find someone who wasn't married to a CNN anchor. I mean, like he said, a black lesbo in the most casual of ways, and then continued on with his the rest of his uh, you know his comments as though that wouldn't cause any ripples. But I guess uh, this guy Dave Rubin, he's one of these guys with the podcast where he's uncancelable, something like that. You know, he, he puts it out there by himself. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we'll see him again on uh, Tucker or whatever, but uh, Corrine is a black lesbo. She was hired because she's a black lesbo. 
I would have just uh, said black lesbian instead of black lesbo. But uh, there you have it. Uh, it is, uh, I guess, the First Amendment maybe uh, at work. It's coming back. I'm not sure. But we don't want necessarily hate speech. But in any case, there you have Dave Rubin on the Bernie and Sitcho. Listen, we're going to speak to uh, Congressman Peter King, the great statesman from Long Island. We're also going to speak to Sean Spicer this morning on the Bernie and Sid show. And uh, keep it here, folks. we got so much stuff. And uh, he got these Eric Adams called the game yesterday in a box. Uh, it, hilarious. I can't wait to hear Sid play these clips. If you keep it where it is on the Bernie and Sid show, we'll be right back. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Sprocket, something's always wrong on this gorgeous Wednesday morning, 6.26, your time here in New York. So I've been being told here on my Instagram, being DM'd at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney. That's my Instagram address. The show has one, too, at It's Bernie and Sid, and the radio station has one at 77 WABC Radio. But I'm being told here, Bernie, by my friend Anthony Barbarese who goes to the, team, uh, the same tanning salon as I go to, my old Portofino on the Upper West Side, and some other guy, Harris, that the reason why this guy, Dave Rubin, much like Chris Rock, can use the N-word in his jokes because he's black, the reason why Dave Rubin can say lesbo is because he is openly he's, gay. He's gay, yes. I, I, I don't think that gives him a pass. I don't believe really? that. Uh... Yeah, no, I don't do, think Do you that's, think it gives uh, Chris Rock a pass? Because if you do, then you got to give Ruben the same pass. Yeah, no, no, I, I do I do think that it gives Chris Rock a pass. I don't think the uh, that it extends to a gay guy Why not? calling uh, calling a, a, a woman a black lesbian. I just don't think it does. I don't think really? it's uh, I don't think that immunity is as strong as as being uh, just being gay is, is, is a white gay man is as strong as being a black man. I don't think it is. I may be wrong. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I disagree. Uh, yeah, okay, if you're we'll part, see, of, if you're but, part uh, of any group, I don't care what it is. Like, I can make a Jewish joke. You can. I can. Um, you're part of any group. Uh, you remember that group. You get to take it to the next level. It's the bottom line. If he was a, if he was a lesbian, he could he's get gay. away with it. It's the same thing. Yeah, but, but he's a gay white man. But he's gay. He's a gay white, uh, and he's conservative. He's a gay conservative white man. I don't right. think that's, that's enough to give him. I, I may be wrong. You guys may no, be right. No, no, no. It's not a matter of right or wrong. We, it's an opinion. You know, it's just an opinion. We disagree yeah. on this opinion, but uh, there's no right or wrong in this case. Just like there's no right or wrong uh, as to whether or not Tom Brady is going to be a great football analyst, uh, came in this morning. And, of course, if you don't know Tom Brady, he's not retiring. In fact, he tweeted yesterday, I've got unfinished business with the Buccaneers. He really wants to win that eighth Super Bowl. So he's not retiring this year, maybe not next year. But when he does retire... He's going to start working for Fox 
They gave him a 10-year, $375 million deal. By the way, that $375 million, I believe, is about $50 million more than he's made his whole NFL career. I think he's made about $325 million over 20-plus seasons. Either way, he's uh, in the catbird seat. Now, uh, uh, ESPN, for example, they just got Troy Aikman. He left with Joe Buck, went to ESPN. They've also got Peyton and Eli Manning over there. Um, and, of course, Tony Romo is the big star at CBS with uh, Jim Nance. I think Tom Brady is going to be great. You know, he's a, he's a great speaker. He has got a great command of the English language. He went to Michigan. He's a great-looking guy, and he knows how to win. I mean, Tony Romo's a great football announcer. He never won. He won one playoff game. This guy's got oh, seven this, Super Bowls. Well, there's no comparison. Tom Brady is an elite superstar. I mean, uh, t- Tony Romo was a, was a pretty good football player, as you point out. But the general public, uh, they don't know t- Tony Romo from, uh, you know, Bob the homosexual. Right. They don't know. They just don't. They don't. I mean, uh, Tom Brady. And, if, and, and I, I would posit to you that, uh, that what's his name, uh, that Joe Buck and the other guy were pushed out. Aikman. Aikman. In, Aikman in favor. Uh, because uh, Brady probably had this planned to go to Fox, you know, when he retired. This was all in the, in the works, in the making. And then at some point he decided he's not going to do it, went back to football. But they said, okay, well, when you do retire, sign the papers here, you're coming to us. And, and I, I, my, my belief is that their exit is, is uh, connected to Tom Brady's entrance. Could be. I don't okay. think so because I know ESPN was willing to spend a lot of money on the Monday night crew. No disrespect to Steve Levy and those guys. They've offered Peyton Manning the job about a thousand times. And I think Buck and Aikman are making a heck of a lot more money even before Brady did this. So could be. I don't know the answer to that, Bernie. But uh, either way, uh, Justin Ellick, who's a big football fan, Philadelphia Eagle fan, part of that great podcast here with Luke Lograno and Mike DeDino, the guys behind the glass. He's like all like um, like angry about the whole thing. Like, oh, how do you know it's going to be good just because he's won? Like, what is your issue? I don't get it. I, first of all, you love just blowing things out of proportion. I'm no. not angry about you it. Seem pretty angry to me. I don't. No, know. I wasn't angry you know, about it. I, listen, down. aside from my personal vendetta that I have against Tom Brady, there you go. That I hate the man. But this <laughs> this, has, this has nothing to do with that. This Can I ask you one question? Does this of go back to that Super Bowl <laughs> when the when he was on the Patriots and they beat Donovan McNabb and Terrell Owens in Jacksonville, the Eagles? Is that where it all started for you? No, maybe. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of envy out there, a lot of jealousy right. when it comes to Tom Brady. Well, especially, especially for an Eagle fan, because as far as I know, Ron Jaworski, Super Bowl, lost to the Raiders. Donovan McNabb, Super Bowl, lost to Brady and the Patriots. Got to go back to, like, Norm Van Brocklin to win a championship. So you are clearly, to Bernie's point, jealous, envious, and, and it's not pretty. Not pretty. Well, I'm what the kids would call butthurt over it. Uh, but uh, no, I just don't think he's that like personable of a guy. He's not funny. How do you know? He's not funny. He's like, when was the last time you had dinner with Tom Brady? I've never had dinner with Tom Brady. Okay. So how do you know? He's a hey, he, he's got his own diet. He's got TV shows. He's got a supermodel well, wife. I, yeah, but he has his own diet because he runs a business based on his own uh, based on his diet. He has to share his diet Listen, in order to run his business. He's not. Let funny me tell you something. Just, you you, you can't be a leader and not be charismatic and have a That's great true. personality. I, I he is that, a leader, Bernie. and so so you're going to see that that will come out well, uh, in the broadcast. Bernie's poof. like the other extreme. Alec hates him, and Bernie wants to sleep with him. Really? I think, jeez, <laughs> I think it'll be somewhere down the middle. I, yeah. Listen, I don't think he'll provide. I, 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 I'm not saying he won't provide smart insights. He's, he's going to be great. The, he's he's going to the football great. side of he's, things. He's, he's, have you, but heard, you have, you have, have to be heard, able to have a conversation. Have, you have to be conversational in the booth. Have you heard your podcast lately? 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Eric Salas makes mean? a very, very good point, and he says, why is Justin still butthurt? Last I checked, Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles got their only Super Bowl win just a couple of years ago against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Excellent point by Eric Salas. Yeah. So what are you angry about? Uh, the Philadelphia fans are always angry about something. Okay. So I think he's going to be great. Listen, Bernie, Bernie my, my, happy, my happiness expired after uh, 2018. That was it? Yeah. yeah. Right after the game was over. Right after the game was over, <laughs> it, it expired. Uh, <laughs> Once Tom Brady was back in the Super Bowl, then it expired. That was it. Okay. Yeah. Well, Brady is on his way to Fox. It's a big, big deal. And I put the word out to Jennifer Grodd, Bernie, to maybe get Jimmy Johnson or Terry Bradshaw, one of those guys on the show, to talk about Tom Brady being a part of their family, and we'll see how that goes. Well, let me guess. Uh, they're going to say, he sucks, we don't want him, keep him away. <laughs> right. he is, he's, he's a pretty boy, he's an empty pretty boy, and right. uh, we don't, if, if he comes to Fox, we're going to leave. <laughs> I predict that they say that. What do you say? I think you're right on the money. Hey, you know, who is part of that Fox crew is uh, Michael Strahan, and uh, I'm on record saying I've had enough of that guy. And, Bernie, you, you brought up some excellent points in terms of what he's done in Good Morning America, which has been uh, really, really lousy work. But but Strahan was on that giant Super Bowl team that also beat Tom Brady and the Patriots. So it'll be interesting to see those two guys work together. I don't think anybody else on that cast even played since Brady's been playing. Bradshaw, no. Oh, Jimmy coached, maybe. But anyway, Tom Brady, 10 you know years, $375 million. It's a it's a uh, a company of uh, millionaires. You know they're going to get along just fine. Yep. Nobody's angry. Nobody's pissed off. They're all happy. They hit the lottery in life, so they're going to sit there and call football games. There ain't going to be no rancor between anybody on the set, if you ask me. But that's just one man's humble opinion. And uh, you know what? Speaking of humble opinions, the WABC clip of the day is "Let Me Tell You" with Joan Hamburg. She's not a man, but she's got an opinion. Download and subscribe on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Here, Joan talks about a special gift she got from her moms. I often think about my mom, who gave us all so much. I remember for a birthday, she said, I'm giving you a gift. I'm giving you a gift that you'll have for the rest of your life. And it's just two words. And I thought, who gives their daughter words? What are they? Self-confidence, she said. I'm giving you a gift that will help you through everything in your life. Self-confidence. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. What a season so far for the Yankees. 29 games in. They've got the best record in baseball. Playing 724 baseball. The Dodgers are at 714. And last night, you talk about dramatics. They were trailing Toronto 5-3. to Two on, one out, down to the last two outs, ninth inning. And yes, all rise. Drill deep to left field. my good buddy Michael Kay. Yes, network on the call. Aaron Judge becomes the first major leaguer to hit 10 home runs this season. He leads a league, and the Yankees come back to beat the Blue Jays 6-5 to the final score. Again, the Yankees are now 21-8. and They built a four-game lead over Tampa Bay. They'll play the Jays again tonight. Tyone on the, excuse me, this afternoon. A matinee affair, 12-35. Tyone on the mound for the Yankees, and Berrios makes the start 
for Toronto. Not far behind the Yankees are the Mets. They won again yesterday, too. They beat the Nationals in D.C. 4-2. Mets are now 21-10. They built up a seven-game lead over the Atlanta Braves. The Mets will do it again tonight against Washington. Tyler McGill on the mound for the Mets. Aaron Sanchez makes the start for Washington. And hockey tonight, elimination game for the Rangers, find themselves down three games to one to the Pittsburgh Penguins. They must win their last three games of this series to move on to the next round. Rangers and Pens from the Garden tonight, that series, three to one, Pittsburgh. Sports brought to you by the great Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. Our buddy from Newsmax, Sean Spicer, coming up at 740. I'm Sid with sports. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Thanks, Lou. Will Van Halen to get you going here on the Bernie and Sid Show. On this hump day, May 11th, ladies and gentlemen, we are heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app. You know that. Also, simulcast on an eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And also, you can check us out on your smart TVs and your computers at WABCradio.tv. And, yes, it, it is a, a beautiful thing to be uh, in the middle, the first half of May. So, so savor it. It's going to fly by. Next thing you know, it's going to be Labor Day, folks. Just keep that in mind. It's going to be flying by. So, But the bad news, of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the last segment, gas at a record high again today, $4.40 per gallon. Another record high. Yesterday was a record, $4.37. Today, another record, folks, a bad record, and we have more uh, – we have more fentanyl in the country than we do formula for the, the wee little babbies. The wee little babbies are crying out there. Ah, oh, can't you hear the wee little babbies looking for their milk? And the mums doesn't have them. And the babbies are whining and, and just screeching away in their bedrooms, starving away and peeing in their little, their little cribs. Uh, but in any case, uh, ladies and gentlemen, just before I get to some <laughs> of that uh, other ugly stuff, uh, you know, Yellen and Biden, what Janet Yellen said was one of the most racist thing. Uh, and she said it testifying in front of Congress. And we're going to play it for you. It's one of the most racist things you're ever going to hear a public official say in public. But before we get to all of that stuff, on an up note, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, he decided to proclaim uh, November 7th is going to be Victims of Communism Day in the high schools in the state of Florida. And he says, you see a lot of uh, pro-communist stuff, Che Guevara T-shirt, blah, blah, blah. It's time to start educating people on the dangers of socialism and communism before, as if it hasn't already taken hold in this country. And by the because way, people are ig- that, that T-shirt you're talking about, Che Guevara, uh, who wore that T-shirt? Who wore that exact T-shirt when he had a tryout for the Miami Dolphins years ago? Very good, Sidney. It was, uh, it was Colin... I'm not articulate, so I don't go on TV. Uh, Kaepernick. Very Absolutely good. Absolutely right. right. 
People yep, just talk yep, about yep. the pigs on the socks. People talk about the, you know, kneeling for the national anthem. But this guy had the nerve to go down to Miami, try out for the Dolphins, and wear that exact T-shirt you're talking about. So maybe Colin should go back to, I don't know, middle school down in Florida and learn, learn from Ron DeSantis' curriculum the dangers of communism. That may help. Absolutely. I mean, the country needs to learn because we're slipping and sliding into just that. And uh, some people embracing it uh, as, as such a good thing, poisoning kids' uh, minds in, in high schools, etc. So here's DeSantis on, on his proclamation, November 7th, Victims of Communism Day in the high schools in Florida, cut 44, please, Louie. Today, I am signing HB 395, which will officially designate November 7th as Victims of Communism Day to honor the more than 100 million people who have fallen victim to communist regimes across the world. We want to make sure that every year folks in Florida, but particularly our students, will learn about the evils of communism, the dictators that have led communist regimes, and the hundreds of millions of individuals who suffered and continue to suffer under the weight of this discredited ideology. And that's what it's about. I mean, we have those two ideologies clashing. We thought it was over with the end of the Cold War, but no. Uh, they're bringing it back because, because of ignorance. You know, he who, who, he who forgets history is doomed to repeat the mistakes of the past is how the maxim goes. I paraphrased it. But uh, anyway, good for Governor Ron DeSantis. He, this guy just does not stop. Now, uh, on inflation. Here is uh, this woman, a little Yoda-looking uh, thing, uh, Janet Yellen and Joe Biden in 2021 talking about inflation. Cut one. Go ahead, Lou. I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. That's all it's going to do. Uh, cut 29. Biden yesterday just made a complete and total fool of himself. Uh, cut 29. Go ahead, Lou. And I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength, and that strength that we built is inflation. Look, I know you got to be frustrated. I know. I can taste it. Inflation in this country, do you take any responsibility or policies? I think our policies help, not hurt. Think about what they say. The vast majority of the of the uh, uh, of the economist think that this is going to be a real tough problem to solve, but it's not because of spending. This guy deluded. It's not because of spending. His policies help, not hurt. Crushing the energy sector and uh, spending, you know, trillions and trillions of dollars that we did not need to spend. I mean, this is just this is uh, this is economics 101. They're, they're just lie to your face, bald face, lie to your face consistent with every other uh, official there, Mayorkas and the Peppermint Patty-looking punk Saki, all of these people just lie to you. It's just unbelievable. Now, Senator John Kennedy, he is pushing back. And when he pushes back, it's often amusing. Cut seven, Senator John Kennedy. Go ahead, Lowe. I don't mean to be uncharitable, but sometimes I think President Biden just doesn't eat enough fiber. He said today that he bears no responsibility whatsoever for inflation. I think most Americans are thinking right. And Jimmy Hoffa died of natural causes. (laughs) Also, the stripper really likes you. The truth is that the Biden administration just keeps kicking its own ass. Good job, Lou. Cut 16 that was. Now, 
That's funny, and he's right about all of that stuff. It's all self-inflicted. Cut 17, more Senator John Kennedy. Go ahead. The truth is, President Biden won the nomination because he promised not to be Bernie Sanders. Who has he tried to emulate? Bernie Sanders. After 14 months, we know that President Biden believes in bigger government, higher taxes, more spending, more debt, more regulation, a weaker military, open borders, taxpayer-funded abortion on demand, and turning cops into social workers. Here's his energy policy. Wind, solar, and wishful thinking. He thinks he can run the greatest economy in all of human history without fossil fuels. And that's one of the main reasons why the prices at the pump are so high. And the American people see this. They see that after 14 months, nothing is built, nothing is back, and nothing is better. They do, I believe they see that despite the delusion that was on display with uh, Joe Biden yesterday, the imbecile-in-chief, just, just absolutely atrocious what, what happened yesterday with that, that press conference, denying my, my policies, they help, they don't hurt. I mean, come on, how dare you say something like that? I sound like Kamala Harris. And also yesterday, uh, embarrassingly, and uh, I mean, just the more suicidal uh, uh, behavior on the part of our, you know, the uh, idiocracy down there in Washington, D.C., they voted to give the Ukraine $40 billion, $40 billion. 70% of the Republicans voted with them, with the Democrats in the House, 70%. Now, one guy who didn't vote, he got the bill at about 3 o'clock. You heard of this guy's name before. He's a Texas congressman, Chip Roy. He was railing against this bill yesterday, cut 41, and justifiably. Go ahead, Lou, cut 41, Madam Speaker, the gentleman from Maryland talked about protecting this institution or talked about this institution, but we got a $40 billion bill at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't had a chance to review the bill. My staff is pouring over the pages trying to see what's in it. You want to talk about the institution? You want to talk about standing up alongside Ukraine? Why don't we actually have a debate on the floor of the People's House instead of the garbage of getting a $40 billion bill at 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Not paid for, without having any idea what's really in it, with a massive slush fund that goes to the State Department. We've got 40 billion that is unpaid for and you want to sit here and lecture this body about what we're going to do or not do about standing alongside ukraine why don't we talk about the american people who are hurting the wide open borders the inflation that's killing people the jobs that people can't get because of the cost of goods and services in this country sitting here and being lectured to when i don't even have time to look at a 40 billion dollar unpaid bill i make a motion to adjourn yeah tell him chip tell Listen, uh, the, we're in debt to the tune of trillions, trillions of dollars. This is money we don't have. This contributes to inflation. God bless the Ukrainians for fighting back, but we don't have the money. Sorry. Uh, we don't have any uh, treaty obligations with uh, Ukraine. This is a total waste of time. A distraction is what it is. And uh, a, a, a more strain on the, the American taxpayer and ignoring the problems we have here, as he points out, the border, you know, fentanyl coming in. Again, I mentioned that we have more fentanyl than we have formula in this country. It's just an awful situation. And that, uh, again, that little uh, weasel, she's a, such an incompetent, Janet Yellen. She's the Treasury Secretary. Listen to what she said. I don't even know why she was weighing in on abortion at a Senate hearing yesterday. But she essentially said that uh, abortion is good because uh, young black babies get aborted and we don't need more poor black young men in this country. 
Uh, tell me if you don't extrapolate the same thing from what she said that I just summed up right there. Cut 19, Janet Yellen. Go ahead, Lou. In many cases, um, abortions are of teenage women, um, particularly low-income and often black, who um, aren't in a position to be able to care for children, have um, unexpected pregnancies, and it deprives them of the ability often to continue their education, to later participate in the workforce. Mm-hmm. So there you have it. Yeah, that's Young racist. black men. I mean, that's exactly what she said. We don't yeah. need any <laughs> poor black uh, boys yeah. being born into this world. I mean, yeah. this is a good thing. Yeah. More abortions. And, of course, uh, black women, 6 7% of the population, they make up for 40% of all people who get abortions, all women who get abortions. So uh, I don't know how she gets away with it, if she gets away with it. Is that worse than what Dave Rubin said, calling uh, Kareen Jean-Pierre a black lesbo? I think that's a little bit worse. Uh, again, uh, you and I disagree. I think what he said was fine. He's gay. He can call anybody he wants a lesbo, a, so even you, the F-word. So, th- so this is much no, worse. No, much worse. We agree. That's what yes. I just said. This is a, a hell of yeah. a lot worse. And then you had, the, again, the peppermint patty looking punk Saki. She said this about the, uh, pro- the uh, protests in front of the uh, Supreme Court justices' homes. They're going to be six today. Fully all six justices can expect to have a bunch of angry, nose-ring-wearing uh, losers screaming in front of their homes. Cut 42, please, Lou. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. And so they continue to encourage these protests. Hmm. These protests are against the law. Yep. I just will remind you, they're completely and totally against the law. And uh, just one last thing. Elon Musk said yesterday that Trump can go back on Twitter. Well, Trump has something called Truth Social. He may not want to go back on Twitter, uh, although a lot of people say he's He needs to go back. No, no one is on Truth Social. Nobody. Guy had 51 well, million followers on Twitter. He needs to go back on Twitter. Well, here's something that Trump posted on uh, Truth Social yesterday, and it's all about Biden's uh, gaffes in the past. You know, for laughs, cut 39. Go ahead, Lou. Television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. What am I doing here? Oh, Putin's kleptocracy. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Kleptocracy. The, klep- the guys who are the kleptocracy. <laughs> but these are bad guys. I got them $1.9 trillion relief so far. I wrote the bill on the environment. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure, isolate, and punish China. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal, you know the, you know the thing. So the best way to get something done, if you, if you hold near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. Well said. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, you had one of those moments again last night. A uh, another one of those yes, Biden did. moments. Yeah, you know what? I have it. We'll play it coming up. Uh, but just having a little fun on Truth Social is uh, Donald. He's such a knucklehead, Donald Trump. In any case, we're going to speak to a man who worked and was the spokesperson for Donald Trump and his administration for well less than a year. His name is Sean Spicer. He's coming up next hour. Then we'll speak to Congressman Peter King on the Bernie and Sid show. We'll be right back. <laughs> Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
All right. Well, back here on the Bernie and Sid show. You know, maybe Janet Yellen should have said that uh, to solve the shortage of formula, we should have more abortions. That would uh, that that would go a long way, consistent with her tone deaf for comments on uh, black ladies getting abortions because it's it's a good thing because they're only going to have boys who are poor and we don't need any more of those. Anyway, she said that uh, that's uh, yesterday. No blowback so far, but uh, listen, what I'm looking forward to is the next hour. A, we have Sean Spicer, but B, we also have, from what I understand, Sid says we have some very, very entertaining Eric Adams clips. He sat in the booth, and he called the Yankee game last night, and that should be terrific. Keep it where it is, ladies and gentlemen, right here on the Bernie and Sid Show. A lot more to come. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Another sunny, gorgeous day here in New York City, your hump day Wednesday, 7.05 right now. As Bernie pointed out, our good buddy from Newsmax spoke to him yesterday. Sean Spicer will join us at 7.40. And then the Congressman Peter King, his regular Wednesday slot, coming up at 8.40. Before I get to the Adam stuff from last night, uh, want to wish John and uh, Katsimatidis, the great John Katsimatidis, Catch at night, 5 o'clock every weekday afternoon, the Cats Roundtable, 8 a.m. every Sunday morning. John and his lovely wife, Margot, who I love like a mom, and Chad Lopez. A hearty congratulations from both of us, me and Bernard, on the rating success uh, this station has. And again, Frank Morano does a tremendous job overnight. He, his ratings are through the roof. But at the risk of sounding like a real dick, the, uh, the whole station enjoys success because of me and Bernie. That's it. Um, no question. Yeah, and we're not going to be there tonight, which is ironic, but uh, I heard even guys like uh, Brian Kilmeade, Bill O'Reilly, they're going to stop by. Big party and deserve it party. Congrats to John, Margot, Chad, the whole crew, Bernie, on the ratings, success, and uh, no two guys happier than you and I. Because we were here when Imus was not getting any ratings, and making a lot of money, by the way, and uh, Cumulus sold off the rest of the stations, and we were drowning. We had no idea what was next. And now to be where we are today and enjoying nights like tonight, really a testament to the leadership and vision of Chad and John. So congrats to the whole crew. It's an amazing resurrection, and I use that word. I don't use that word lightly. That's what it has been here. And, yes, you and I witnessed that we were here in the depths when it was down, down and out, and now to be riding, the, uh, riding high, the pinnacle of success right now. Plus there's a uh, full-page ad in the New York Post this morning, uh, Mr. Katzmatidis put it in, and Chad Lopez for you and I. Yes, a big. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what page it's on, but a full page. Yeah, I'll find that. Yeah, singing the praises of the Bernie and Sid show, the highest uh, highest rated morning talk show 
news and talk show in the city. Yes. Uh, the Bernie and Sid show. So, yes, in the New York Post, check it out, folks. Nice picture of uh, Sydney and myself. Talking about uh, papers, I want to send a shout-out to Megan McGoldrick. And she writes for a Brooklyn paper. It's actually called Brooklyn Paper. Uh, nice story yesterday. Gravesend native nears end of filming for Mob Drama's second season. And there's a huge picture. You can see it online and in the local Brooklyn paper. And it's me and William DeMeo filming outside of the great Michael's Restaurant on Nostrand Avenue and Avenue R the last time I filmed. Nice story about William, how while we're winding down shooting for season two, he expects to wrap it up by July 4th. And you should see Gravesend on either Amazon Prime or Netflix, one of those streaming services by November of 2022. And they do add all the names you're going to see. All Brooklyn folks, Armand DeSante, Andrew Dice Clay, Al Sapienza, William Forsyth, Sid Rosenberg, and some other names, Leo Rossi, Christopher Marmando, Peter Gordio, Paulie Magnaggi, Chuck Zito, Bo Deedle, and some of the big stars, guys like Vinny Pastore, Tony Darrow, Chaz Palminteri, his daughter Gabriella, Maria, uh, Mario Cantone, Gina Gershon, Victor Benedetto, Paul Ben-Victor, Fran Drescher, all these monster stars, a part of season two, Gravesend, coming to a streaming service near you, hopefully as early as November. So nice job by Megan, Brooklyn Paper, and congrats to William DeMeo. Now, let's get to the big news. That is uh, Eric Adams. You asked for it. You got it. Yankees, a dramatic win last night. They've done it again. One out, ninth inning, two on, trailing by two. Aaron Judge, the only Major League Baseball player with 10 home runs this year, hits his very first walk-off home run ever. And the Yankees improved to 21-8, and the best record in baseball, with a 6-5 to win. They'll play Toronto again this afternoon on a gorgeous day in the Bronx. But that wasn't the big story. The big story was the mayor, Eric Adams, threw out the first pitch last night, firstly, and uh, not bad. Wasn't Gary Delabate. Wasn't George Bush either when he threw right down the middle before that classic Yankee Diamondback World Series game. But uh, somewhere in between, high, outside, but he did reach the plate. So I guess we'll give Eric Adams credit for that. And again, if you watch this radio show after we're done on the radio on WABCRadio.tv, Eric Salas and uh, Gabby, the whole crew, just pit the pitch up. You can watch it. But then after he threw out the first pitch, Bernard, in the second inning, Michael Kay, the voice of the Yanks, our friend, and Cameron Maven on the Yes Network invited Eric Adams to the booth. And believe it or not, it was not a sports interview. It was a New York City political interview. How about that, wow. Bernie McGurk? I think that's a more interesting. Good, good call on Kay's part. I think so, too. So here's, uh, we've got three cuts of the mayor who's wearing a Yankee jersey uh, sitting in between Michael Kay and uh, Cameron Maybin, Yes Network, last night. Here is the first cut where he talks about what it is to be mayor of New York City. Here's Eric Adams. You know, it's just so important for young people, particularly that hit bends in the road. You know, growing up dyslexic, um, not realizing that I could uh, comprehend things, you know, had some difficult childhoods, uh, becoming a police officer, watching the city decline and then return. And so this is a great opportunity for people to realize that, that the resiliency of this city, and I'm excited about it. So all I uh, can really harp on with that answer is, Here's a guy, Eric Adams, who seemingly Bernard McGurk had more than one childhood. He had childhoods. I noticed that. <laughs> difficult difficult childhoods. Hoods, yeah. Uh, but he's articulate. Yeah. Well, maybe, he's very articulate. <laughs> uh, maybe he was nervous, you know. Uh, oh, he's you know, you're sitting in the in the booth with uh two two greats. Well actually 
Who was the other guy? Cameron. That's the guy I was talking Cameron about. Cameron Maybe. Uh, nice, you know, Yankees. He had a nice, very, very nice guy. Yeah, but not not a great career. But, but, not a great broadcaster, I would say, but yeah. uh, a nice person. But either either way, maybe uh, Eric Adams was nervous, or maybe he had several childhoods. I don't know. <laughs> uh, we, we have to do a follow-up. In fact, Michael K. should have did a follow-up. He should have said, so, so Mayor Adams, you, you reference several childhoods. Yeah. Uh, tell us about uh, the, the first three, would you please? See, Michael K. would never do that, but I would, and you would too. That's the beauty. But, of course, we never have that opportunity. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, the Start Your Day with Bernie and Sid, New York's number one Nielsen-rated news talk morning show in New York. Kickstart your mornings with the very best in news and commentary, 6 to 10. Beautiful color picture of you and I. And, again, thank you to John, Margo, and Chad. That is on page 20, the color promotion of Bernie and Sid, page 20 in today's New York Post. Now, the second question is one near and dear to all New Yorkers, and that is crime. You know, what's going on in this city and how Eric Adams, uh, what his plan is to combat crime here in New York City. Michael Kay, Carmen Mabin, once again, courtesy of the Yes Network, his mayor, Eric Adams. Number one, we have to stop the flow of guns in in the big cities across America, particularly uh, New York, uh, and then support our law enforcement officers. You know, we took 2,500 guns off the street in this city since I've been mayor. That's unbelievable when you think about it. It's a small number of people who believe they're going to carry out violence in our city. We need to zero in on them, make sure that they are not allowed to stay on our streets. And that's what the police department is doing. We're going to to need help um, from the federal government government we're going to need help from others but we're not going to surrender our city to violence see again if you're watching the yankee game last night and you don't listen to bernie and sid every morning and you don't really pay attention to what's going on you hear wow this guy's working with the police this guy may get money from the federal government he's taking 2500 guns off the streets you said eric adams and it almost sounded like he was patting himself on the back for doing a good job do you see that Oh, yeah, absolutely. I see that. You wouldn't know that the cr- crime is up, uh, what is it, 60%, 70%, something like that? Some crazy, crazy number. And this uh, th- this, this uh, talking point about guns, this leftist talking point, stop the flow of guns. Yeah, we have to stop the flow of guns. But the guns are out there already. You're not going to get them off the street unless you take certain action, actions that uh, Mayor Giuliani took, Ray Kelly took, that got those uh, guns off the street, or at least – uh, stop these people from carrying those guns willy-nilly, cavalierly on the streets, which is, is it was called stop and frisk. You need a policy like that. And, and to talk about gun violence, I saw on, on the local news last night, hmm. I mean, and uh, this is what they say on Channel 7 all the time, more gun violence, blah, 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 yeah, and they yep, go into yep. a story about something. Well, yesterday they did a story about a bus driver, a female bus driver. She was dragged off the bus and pummeled, pummeled. Hmm. No hmm. guns involved. Well, what was that? What was that? What kind of what? You can't characterize that as gun violence. What do you characterize it as? Somebody, anybody that uh, perpetrates "quote unquote" gun violence, there's somebody pulling that trigger. Just as there was that that guy was stomping this female bus driver. Yeah. We have a problem with criminals and the and, and the lack of respect for lives in this city. Right. And there are two things that annoy the hell out of me. One is you just mentioned it. They make it sound like the gun gets uh, gets up in the morning, like Bernie and Sid. The gun gets dressed. The gun has a nice breakfast. The gun goes outside, and the gun by itself puts its own trigger and kills people. That, that just annoys the hell out of me. The second thing is crazy people, you know, that every single crime is committed by a crazy person. Now, look, my, my feeling is unless you're acting in self-defense or your family's in danger or someone you love, you go out and kill somebody, you're probably crazy. 
But to me, it's almost become an excuse. You know, it's like it's like they're not bad people necessarily. They're just they're, they're crazy people. Right. Those two things, the guns acting on their own and every crime committed by a crazy person who maybe just maybe we should sympathize with before getting angry with those two things really make me effing angry. Yeah, mental illness. I don't want to hear about it. Desperate times call for desperate measures. You have mental illness. You're a thug. You're a criminal. And you need to be treated as such. Right. No kid gloves for you. Right. You get the same exact damn treatment. we got to get you off the street, probably preemptively, if, we can, if you do have a history of mental uh, illness and violence. Uh, maybe they, they, can, they can just grab these people, track them down, grab them, and throw them in some institution. That's what they yeah. should do. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent. No excuses for the person committing the crimes. We're way past that, way past that, 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 that little bit of uh, compassion that you might otherwise have. Desperate times. This is, these are bad, bad times. The yep, city yep. is dying because people are not coming back to work, going into the offices because they're afraid. Of course. Uh, by the way, I'm not handing out knapsacks this year with Tony Oso. I did it two years in a row. I'm not doing it this year. Finally, there's one more cut here. Once again, Michael Kay, Cameron Mabin during that Yankee dramatic win over Toronto last night, courtesy of the Yes Network. Here, Bernie, they asked Mayor Eric Adams the difference uh, with philosophies in running the city between Eric Adams running for office and now Eric Adams, the mayor, that transformation. Here was Eric Adams' response. When you get to the job, you, you have a full view of the field. And I was always saying that public safety, safety is the prerequisite to prosperity. We have to be safe in our city, on our subway system. Uh, that's crucial. So that was my number one focus to get the city safe. Then when you get here and you realize that you need to put a lot of energy in our agencies to make sure that they are functioning to deliver the services that New Yorkers deserve. So you have to pick a team. You know, I have to pick my first baseman, my second baseman, my third baseman. <laughs> if you don't have the right team, I don't care what you, your, your vision is. You need to team, and I did that. I, I, I put together a solid team, and now we're going really? in and dealing with some of those uh, mm. historical inequalities that really, the inequalities are leading what? to the inefficiencies <laughs> and leading to the dysfunctionality that, that dysfunctionality. our city has experienced. Yeah, there you have it. Okay, so. Aye, aye, aye. Inequalities. <laughs> what are you talking about? Inequalities, which is a joke and nonsense, and again, another lazy word, and of course, the, the often used dysfunctionalities. Yes, dysfunctionalities. But listen, inequalities, fix the schools. Uh, well, everybody goes to these damn failing schools, everybody. And some people fail worse than others. Fix the damn schools, give these people, and, 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 and open up the city to more charter schools, yeah. more choice so that the kids in the inner city can go to charter schools and learn, get away from the animals, the thugs mm. that are, are populating some of the public schools. Plus, you talk about uh, hiring uh, good people. And, you know, putting them in positions to, 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 to affect change regarding crime. Well, I would say don't go getting advice from Lori Lightfoot in Chicago <laughs> on, 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 on reducing crime. You have a guy here right in New York City. His name is Rudy Giuliani. Yep. Go to him no, he, and he, sit down and have meetings with him and Bratton and Ray right, Kelly and those types of people. Ain't going to happen. He went to Lori Lightfoot, and he also sat down with Al Sharpton. Don't forget. And he has, he has sat down with Al Sharpton. Many, many times alongside those two wretched people, Joe and Mika, on MSNBC. So given the opportunity to sit down with the racist black person, he's going to do that before sitting down with the white guy who actually fixed this city. One last thing, you know, uh, my picture was basically up in the lobby 
of my apartment building, as you know, Bernard, on the Upper West Side. They hated me. Who's that guy doesn't wear a mask, walks around with no shirt on? He's a Trump supporter. They hated my guts. And now there's not one day. I've, I've been living in my new house now for about six weeks. I swear to you, Bernard, I'm not trying to sound big and, and uh, bravado and all that stuff and arrogant. Not one day has passed, not one, where somebody doesn't stop their car, honk their horn, stop their bicycle. And I met this uh, lovely lady yesterday with, uh, with her two kids, last week, I should say. Her name is Maria Ferrante. Her husband is Joe. And they listen to the show every day, as does this whole neighborhood. And it's, it's just really nice to see that, whether it's your neighborhood, Bernard, or mine, or yours, Louis, there are still neighborhoods in this city. Not many, not many, but still neighborhoods in this city that love their cops, love their firemen, love their first responders, uh, love Donald Trump, love the way the country ran four years ago, not the nonsense going on today. Again, not a lot of spots, but it's nice to be in one right now. So thanks uh, to Joe and Maria Ferrente and the two lovely little boys for listening to Bernie and Sid every day. 1-800. Can I just say this to sure. you, Sidney? Yes. Welcome back to, welcome back to America. Yeah. <laughs> you are so right. Uh, American, Welcome back, my friend. And American flags outside of every house. Yep. I don't remember. That's right. I don't think I saw an American flag anywhere near the Upper West Side ever, ever. Oh hell no! No, no. You'll see the Ukraine. You'll see Cuba, Venezuela, <laughs> Iran, the Soviet Union. You ain't gonna oh, see God. no damn American flag. That's funny. That is funny. One eight hundred Bernard from downtown. Eight four eight W A B C. One eight hundred eight four eight ninety two twenty two. Great stuff. Once again, thank you to the Yankees, the Yes Network, Eric Adams, uh, Bill O'Reilly's morning messages coming up next. Then our buddy from Newsmax, Sean Spicer, on this Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. the Bernie and Sid show heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Download it. You know, Sid, you mentioned uh, among the many embarrassing things of that press conference yesterday, the lying, the condescension, the disdain for the audience, for the electorate, uh, just uh, on inflation, gas prices, everything, by the imbecile in chief. Of course, he made the requisite amount of uh, gaffes, and it was just embarrassing. And understand, you couldn't understand him mumbling this, that, the other. Uh, here's one. I think this is the one you were referring to. A cut 13. Go ahead, Lou. Play that. The number one threat is the strength, and that strength that we built is inflation. Oh, my God. What happened? Uh, yeah, that was the, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just the absolute... <laughs> I mean, they, they, they obviously shoot him in the ass with, with something before he goes out, but it doesn't cover everything. It doesn't make him a new man. He is a uh, complete and total demented, pathological liar, and uh, it's not going to change. It's, gonna, it's just getting progressively worse. The fact that they let him out there every single day is just uh, it's a travesty in and of itself. It I'm, speaks to what they are. I mean, he, he just said the strength is inflation. And out of the corner of my eye, I've got MSNBC out of the corner, Joe Mika and this uh, this embarrassment Willie Geist, and they're going on and on how they've got audio 
of Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham criticizing Donald Trump for his delay on January 6th. These people don't spend this much time on 9-11, on, on uh, you know, Pearl Harbor, on D-Day. Every day, January 6th, and the president says our strength is inflation. And they don't they don't mention a word of it. It's just it's unbelievable. Nothing predictable, nothing. predictable, course, but it just it's unbelievable. And January sixth, of course, totally completely paled in comparison to the riots of twenty twenty. And uh, boy, they moved on quickly from those, didn't they? Huh? But uh, they're very selective, and they're, and they're encouraging, encouraging really uh, insurrection type behavior. You know, these protests in front of these uh, justices' homes. Those are illegal. They're actually, it's on the books. They're illegal. You're not allowed to go in front of a judge's home and protest and say anything, do anything, go near a judge's home and do anything to try to either for purposes of revenge or to try to influence a future decision or a decision you didn't like in the past. You want to complain about it, whatever it is, it is against the law. You don't hear Merrick Garland. He went after parents who were going to you know these school board meetings they were acting, I don't know, some terrorist-like behavior on the part of these people. Well, what the hell are these people doing out in front of the homes, screaming and yelling and, and terrorizing poor little kids inside these homes? I mean, I've seen footage of it, and it's scary if you're inside your home, your nice little uh, suburban uh, enclave out in Chevy Chase, Maryland, or whatever the hell it is, and you got these, 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 these nose-ring-wearing animals outside with bullhorns. It's just terrible, terrible. Now... There was a judge in New Jersey. Her name was Esther Salas, and somebody came to her home, and because they didn't like a decision she had made, they actually came looking for her. They ended up shooting her son dead, and her husband was uh, critically wounded, Judge Esther Salas. And this is an example. Uh, this is a perfect example as why it's illegal for, for to go in front of a judge's home because it leads up to stuff like this. But anyway, she was talking about the – you know, the administration and Peppermint uh, Patty-looking punk, uh, Jen Psaki, encouraging these pr uh, protests in front of judges' homes. Judge Esther Salas, whose son was killed by somebody who went to her house to protest. Listen to her. Cut 11, Lou, please. Cut 11. It almost makes me want to cry because, you know what, we do our jobs we take an oath because we care about this country, because we care about democracy. And to only be doing our jobs and to be fear of retribution, retaliation, or death is not part of the deal, should never be part of the deal. This should not be a partisan issue. This is an American issue. And we need to understand that public debate has a place, and that's in the public forum. It does not have a place in front of justices or judges houses and we have to understand that is not a first amendment issue very well said just judge Salas. can you imagine your son was killed because of some you know you're sitting on the bench and it's some decision you made some disgruntled former uh i don't know whatever the hell it was i don't know what the decision was but her son is dead and her husband is like he was severely wounded this poor lady uh so her words uh her words matter her words carry some gravitas with them and uh, listen, on, on, the, uh, you know, on the abortion issue in general, over the weekend, uh, Bill Maher on his show Real Time, he put some of this abortion stuff in perspective. And, and keep in mind, it's, you, you're going to be able to get an abortion, Roe v. Wade or no Roe v. Wade. It just sends it back to the states. Uh, you've heard that a million times, ad nauseum. But listen to what Bill Maher said he learned about abortion since the Roe v. Wade opinion draft came out, cut 43, Louis. 
I learned things this week that are pretty basic things that I did not know about abortion. Like in Europe, way more restrictive than we are, or what they're even proposing. If you are pro-choice, you would like it a lot less in Germany and Italy and France and Spain and Switzerland. I learned most people who are pro-life are women. Most abortions are from, <laughs> fitting for Mother's Day, mothers, people who have a kid. That makes sense. <laughs> well, I mean, it does. I'm, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> and I thought this is interesting. Most abortions now, even when you go to a clinic, are done with the pill. And pills are easy to get in America. We know that. So, you know, for the people who say we're going back to 1973, we're not. That, that's just factually inaccurate. There you have it. Uh, America's liberal, Bill Maher, common sense liberal, I would say. But yes, this is not nearly the apocalyptic, uh, you know, overturn of a decision by, by the Supreme Court that they're making it out to be. They just overreact to every single damn thing. So uh, uh, good for Bill Maher on that. Listen, we're going to speak to Sean Spicer, another really smart individual. He used to work for the Trump administration, as you know, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to speak to uh, P Congressman Peter King next hour. A lot more to come on the Bernie and Sid Show, folks. Keep it right where it is. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Weeknights at 6 o'clock in front of my TV watching Newsmax. Sean Spicer and Lindsay Keith do a great job. Specifically, Sean. Sean's been a friend of this show now for quite some time. Uh, dating back to his days on Dancing with the Stars, right after he did the press secretary work for Donald Trump. Every time he's got a book out, he comes on. He comes on other times to analyze what's going on. He's a great guy and a good friend. Back on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show, Newsmax's Sean Spicer. Sean, Sid, Bernie, welcome back. Hello, Sean. Good morning. Good morning. Good nice morning. to have Thanks you. Thanks for having me. Uh, nice to have Thanks you. Thanks for having me. You got it, pal. So one of the reasons why uh, I contacted you yesterday was this is uh, Saki's last week. Now, look, uh, clearly she's uh, got one opinion, and you and me and Bernie differ in every single way. We don't agree with anything she says. I understand that. But putting that aside, as a guy that had the same exact job under Donald Trump, how would you uh, assess the job she did for Joe Biden in that same position. So it's weird because technically we had the same job title. I don't think we had the same job. Uh, and I say that because if you look at any given briefing, you'll see people jumping over themselves, yelling during a, a, a Trump briefing that I held. Um, they look like little kittens uh, sitting around getting fed ends up there. And uh, and I think it's it's vastly different. So, you know, they, they were complicit scribes when Jen was there. Uh, she came from CNN. She is headed to MSNBC. These were friends and colleagues of hers. Uh, that was clearly not the case in the Trump administration with me or any of the three people that succeeded uh -huh. me. So I, I just I don't think it's apples and apples to compare the, the, the role 
uh, during the two administrations. I think you're absolutely right, uh, Sean Spicer, because they're corrupt and biased. The media, let's face it, the only honest journalists were people like your correspondent from Newsmax, James Rosen, or Peter Ducey from Fox News. That's it. The rest of them, well, they, they, go ahead. I was just going to say that the interesting thing that you mentioned is that one of the things that that people say is, well, Jen, you know, she she takes these questions from Peter. She ignores James Rosen. She literally just doesn't call on reporters that she want to take their questions from. Um, I, I sort of had the exact opposite view as, as press secretary. I brought in voices to the discussion than less. Jen sort of has this front row mentality, bringing in the Washington Post, MSNBC, CNN, and then calls a briefing over. I think that's the problem, is that she shuts out any voices that might dissent from the narrative. She throws the obligatory bone to Peter Ducey here and there, uh, which who asks, frankly, common sense questions. Everyone goes, oh, he asks these tough questions. And this isn't any disrespect to Peter. I, I, I have uh, the, the greatest respect for Peter. I think Peter asks questions that are on the mind of the people. Right. So he, he asked common sense questions that most people would would ask. But because the other reporters are so timid um, and, and refuse to ask anything that might be what would, would can be considered a normal journalistic endeavor, uh, that it makes Peters look tough. No, you're right. right. And not just ask tough questions, but they're almost there to protect which makes their job even more difficult. You you cannot ask a tough question, and you have to almost subtly find a way to protect Biden, and uh, that's uh, that's not what people want to hear. I mean, look, for example, he spoke again last night, Sean Spicer. You guys covered it on Newsmax, and, and with, the, with the country completely falling apart, he finds a way every time to blame the pandemic, which is long gone, even still Donald Trump, who's long gone, and Putin, who's fighting a war on the other side of the world. I mean, it's just, it is unbelievable that any American, any decent-minded American would buy that garbage. Well, I mean, the evidence is clear. Uh, inflation was at 1.5% when Donald Trump left office. It's now at 8.5. It's the highest in 40 years. Gas prices were $2 and change. Now they're well exceeding $5 in a lot of places in this country. Um this didn't happen, you know, in the 70, what, 77, 78 days since Putin invaded Ukraine. Um, they are lying to the American people, and the media is being complicit in covering this up. So, but I think most Americans know that. And it's not just the, the cost, frankly, and we're seeing this now more and more with things like baby food. It's like you go to the grocery store, and, and a lot of times you just can't even find the, the thing that you're looking for. you got a supply chain crisis. Part of that is, is that you've got a secretary of transportation who's like 14 years old uh, and was <laughs> mayor of a city yeah. that had 66. This is not a joke. I'm not, I, I mean, they literally have 66 buses in South Bend, Indiana, and you put them in charge of our railways, highways, and seaways and wonder why we still have a, a supply chain crisis. Yeah, no, he couldn't fix the potholes in South Bend. And uh, that whole Navy uh, experience that he went through, such a farce. He never went through boot camp or anything. He was on the safest base in uh, Afghanistan. He was riding admirals around, and uh, he 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 played that. He exploited that to no end. Uh, you know, much to the dismay of a lot of uh, legit veterans out there. But to Sean Spicer from Newsmax TV every night at six o'clock, Monday through Friday on the Bernie and Sid show. Sean, yesterday, speaking of uh, the Ukraine, you alluded to it. Uh, the Congress actually voted to give the Ukraine, on top of what we've already given them. 
another $40 billion. And I see that you wrote on Twitter, initially it was $33 billion, now it's $40 billion. This is money we don't have. This is money that is going to contribute to inflation. This is money we could use here in the United States, uh, for example, at our border or to fight crime or, or many other, other uses. Tell us what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, there's a couple things. Number one, let's start with what you what you mentioned that I tweeted out. The president of the White House, the Pentagon, asked for $33 billion in aid, that's a billion with a B, um, which is more than the average that we spend on a yearly basis in Afghanistan, by the way. Um, so, you know, if you just think about it, what, what the magnitude of that is. And then the Congress added $7 billion additional dollars um, I'm kind of going, okay, for what reason? The White House didn't ask for that. I mean, the, the Pentagon's the one that's sending these things over. So where did where did you guys suddenly think that they needed another $7 billion? And then to your point, the, the next piece of this is, you know, what are we cutting to do this? I have no problem with helping the Ukrainians. I, I am a believer that, that if we don't stop Russia now, uh, it, it could, it'll, it'll be a problem down the road. So I, I, I support our support of, of Ukraine 100%. That being said, it's like anything else. If you want to do one thing, you have to sometimes sacrifice in another area. So the question is, fine, let's cut some spending somewhere else, support an, you know, an ally uh, of, of, of our country and to, to prevent something from coming to our shores. So what are we doing? Nothing. And then to your broader point, not only that, we're not even doing that on a deficit standpoint, but then we're not taking care of our own priorities, our own border. Um, it just it really shows you how screwed up this situation is. This is our good friend Sean Spicer, Newsmax TV, every night at 6 p.m. One of the big stories today is Elon Musk. Bernie mentioned that he saw one of your tweets, and uh, I'm also on Twitter all the time, at Sid Rosenberg, as is uh, Bernard. And uh, your old buddy there, he's to see at work every day, Donald Trump. Uh, Elon Musk is going to offer Trump a way back to Twitter. I know Trump has that truth social thing, but nobody knows it. Let's be honest. Nobody knows that. He's got to get back on Twitter. He had 51 million followers. He was such a huge influence on Twitter. So if you passed by Trump's office today and you were still working with Donald Trump, would you recommend that 45 get back on Twitter as soon as possible? No. No? I would not. Why? Um, I'll tell you why. Because the funny thing is when I talk to people – up through before the last election up to now, so many people said, "I love Donald Trump's policies; they're great. He made the country stronger." But I hate, but I hated his tweets, right? But I hated his tweets. I hated the right, tweets. So right, you know what? Right. Here's my thing. Right now, this is the best world, right? He, he people talk about the policies that he enacted, the positive change, the judges that he implemented, all the stuff, and you don't have the negative. So what? What? Why bring it back? Uh, that's a good point. I mean, I think he's in the perfect sweet spot. Yeah. Um, good point. So. As far as I'm concerned, you know, this is where it should be. And frankly, don't let Twitter win. Um, I think that Elon Musk is potentially taking it over. That's great. But but also he started a new platform. Let him grow on that. Let the right build something out. Um, but I think the idea is that just because Elon Musk has come back doesn't mean that we all run back over and say, okay, Twitter is great now. That's one guy, one platform. Um, I, I support, you know, whether it's better, truth, social, rumble, etc. We need to be on the right. We need to do something. Sean Spicer on the Bernie and I think we lost him. Did we not? Are you there, Sean? Nope. I got yeah. you. I'm here. Uh, okay, there he is. Listen, Sean. Listen, part of the reason why the ultra-maga crowd 
really despises uh, the imbecile in chief. And uh, w- with uh, respect to you, I use that term, uh, well, not endearingly. I really do dislike Joe Biden in a big way because he he's such a liar. He lies. He's a bald-faced liar about inflation and everything else not being his fault, that his policies actually help, not hurt. And then that, that extends to Jen Psaki. She lies, and uh, she lies about these, for example, the protests are a good thing. Going out to ju- justices' homes is a good thing. It's a, the American way. Peacefully protest. It's not. It's against the law. It's intimidating. It is violence when you have kids in, uh, trapped in a house and uh, a nose ring wearing uh, angry mobs with bullhorns outside screaming. That is a, a form of violence. So this is why people hate uh, Jen Psaki and Joe Biden. And so this whole thing about uh, protesting in front of the Supreme Court justices' homes uh, and, and then encouraging it, I mean, that to me is despicable. What says Sean Spicer? Well, a few things. One, you're right. Principally, it's wrong. Going to somebody's home, um, I, I just don't think. I mean, we have a right to, to protest. I, I acknowledge that. I respect that. The, the ability to stand outside the court. Uh, there's plenty of ways to do that. Going outside somebody's home. And for many of these people, like Jen, they've never had it at their home. They don't know what it's like. Uh, they don't have people like Maxine Waters, the congresswoman, that telling people to go to people's homes and get in their faces. And so they, they don't have that experience of having their family or themselves personally having to deal with it. So they, they can say these things and sort of not re- recognize the, the consequences that goes along with them. Um, but, but for those of us in the Trump administration who had people come and threaten us, that we understand it in a very personal way. And I think that's why it's a very different issue for us. Number two, uh, as you brought up, this is against both federal law. It's 18 U.S. Code Section 1507. Uh, that says you can't threaten a judge for the purpose of trying to change their opinion. And it's also, in the case of, of Justice Alito, Kavanaugh, and, and Barrett, it's against Virginia law. And that's the other thing is that you can't go to anyone's residence, not just a justice's. It cannot go to somebody's residence to, to, to protest. Um, so that's the thing that's, that's interesting about this, is that they're encouraging people to do something that is against the law. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. Really? It really is. So if I remember correctly, uh, Spice, you were on a uh, while back during football season, and you were touting yourself as a Patriots fan. Pretty good young quarterback. I'm touting. I am. Yes, you I are. Am. There you are. Yes, I, I remember well. A uh, good young quarterback in Mac Jones, but uh, you enjoyed a lot of success for many years with a guy named Tom Brady. What do you think about the news that uh, when he retires next year, the year after, who knows, he'll get $375 million from Fox? What about that news? Well, I'm a Catholic, so I'm, I'm glad. Um, <laughs> look, I, 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 I'm, I'm not shocked. Uh, I'm glad he's going to still be around and we'll hear his voice. Obviously, he has a lot to offer and a lot of insight, so good for Tom. Um, you know, I, I was. it, it kind of takes a little of the mystery out of what was going to come next, whether he's going to be a partial owner. Or, or, you know, there's a lot of potential routes that people have discussed. So, but good for him. Um, you know, uh, once Newsmax gets his sports division up and running, maybe we'll make a play for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. Sean Spicer, listen, every weeknight on Newsmax TV, which is terrific, uh, alternative to uh, sometimes fake news, Fox News. Newsmax is consistent, reliable, and uh, entertaining as well. Uh, Sean Spicer and company at 6 o'clock. 
Hey, Sean, thanks for appearing on the Bernie and Sid Show. We really appreciate always, it. Always a pleasure being with you guys. Have a great morning. All right, man, you too. There he is. As Bernie pointed out, Sean Spicer. Coming up next hour, his weekly Wednesday visit, the great Congressman Peter King. That's always fun. Lydia reports and beat Bernie still to come. Only halfway through. It's been a great show already. We are Bernie and Sid. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, get me the blue light and some good kush. Pink Floyd. Comfortably numb. <laughs> yeah. It is uh, 7.59 on your hump day Wednesday morning. Been a great two hours. Two more hours to come. I do want to send a, uh, a birthday shout-out, Bernard, to the man... That sits outside my house at 4.15 a.m. every morning and drives me in. And his name is Fred. They call him Ricky. Fred Ricky Willis, who I believe is listening right now, and his son, part of that Rockapulco team in Rockaway. And today is Fred's birthday, Ricky's birthday. So my driver, who gets me here safely every morning and every now and then, if I'm really lazy and I want to take the ferry, he takes me back too, as well as going to the gym and all that great stuff Happy, happy birthday to my guy, Ricky, who makes sure I'm here safely every morning. A terrific guy. Terrific guy. Happy birthday to you, Rick. 1-800-848-WABC. 1-800-848-9222. Again, big hour coming up. Lydia reports and Congressman Peter King. Wednesday morning with your two buddies. We are Bernie and Sid. Sit in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. song makes me cry. Oh, Don't cry. It really does. Very uh, depressing song. I love the song, but it's just like Danny Boy. I can't listen to it and sing along to it without feeling, the, you know, the sadness. A certain really? sadness. The video would make you cry more. Runaway train never going back. I don't know why, because <laughs> the words, it's about, it's just a, a down song. And, uh, and he, I, I believe he's addressing the song to his son. Here nor there, 
Anyway, that's me. That's my. Uh, that's why I block these things out because I'm a tough guy. See, because I don't cry. See, no, see. See, I cry all the time, but very rarely music. There's there's two songs that make me cry. One is uh, Louis Armstrong, "What a Wonderful World," because my father, the late great Harvey, sang that at every event, every family event. He started with "Hello Dolly." He went to that song, so that song tends to make me cry. And for some reason. The Way We Were by Barbara Streisand. Maybe I'll add one more. Paul Anker, Times of Your Life. Those three songs. And, I, you know, I cried everything. I cried during the Flintstones, Bernard. But music outside <laughs> those three songs, I usually, I usually don't cry. <laughs> uh, you gave me three. I'll give you one more. Go the ahead. other one for me is uh, One Headlight by, uh, oh, yeah. by Bob Dylan's son. What is it? The His name is uh, Jacob Dylan. Jacob Dylan, The Wallflowers. The, wa- the yeah. Wallflowers. Because yeah. that was uh, a favorite song yeah. of my, my sister. Yeah. Uh, it's the, the summer, the spring that she passed away. That was a big, huge hit, yeah, and she right. loved that song. And it's a sad song in itself. Yeah. Uh, but either way, so those are my three. And when they come on, I change the channel because I don't want to cry. Because I don't cry. Because I don't do that stuff. I don't pull that stuff back here on the Bernie and Sid show. Heard everywhere on that seventy-seven WABC app. Uh, Sean Spicer. He's. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I wonder how close he is with Donald Trump these days. I guess we should have asked him, but. Uh, I haven't seen Trump on his show recently. I didn't want no, to, you know, no. I didn't want to make it touchy. No, we asked him last time. I mean, they're, they're friendly. Uh, there was no anger. Uh, this is not an Anthony Scaramucci situation. When Sean left, there was no anger. They are friendly, but they don't talk. They're not. At least that's what Sean told us the last time. They're not. You know, don't forget when Sean was on Dancing with the Stars, for example, Donald Trump contacted him, and he, he puts it up all the time that it was Trump who said, "Good luck, go out there and win tonight." So. He didn't leave the White House, unlike most folks, like the Kellys, the Scaramucci's, the Omarosa's, on bad terms. But they're not having dinner together tonight, if you know what I'm saying. No. no okay. All right. Yeah. Very interesting. Maybe. I know Trump changes his opinion of people uh, as time goes by, depending on how influential they are or not. I think that's, a, that, that's the way Donald Trump is. But having a 6 o'clock show on Newsmax, that's a pretty big deal on Newsmax. Yeah. Excuse me, I should say. Yeah. So, listen, uh, we're going to have this... Uh, this new press secretary, and the reason why these press secretaries these days are so important is because the president rarely or barely ever speaks to anybody. You know, he, he has these staged events, and you get nothing out of them. I mean, maybe a question or two, but that's it. You get nothing. So the uh, press secretary becomes, elevates that person into a, a, a prominent position. That person becomes, you know, the de facto president for a while because, she, well, she's essentially representing the president. Uh, but what she says, you know, so, so, so her presence is huge. And in this case, of course, it's always a woman because and now it's a black female lesbian. Oh, uh, you know, it checks uh, th- three boxes, actually. And then when you think about it, you have uh, Kamala Harris was picked for that reason. You have Ketanji Brown was picked for identity political reasons. And now uh, you have uh, this Corrine uh, uh, Jean-Pierre. You can't help but think, even though Biden has never said it, unlike the other two. Uh, that he that she's there for uh, the, you can't help but think these things and maybe it's not true maybe she's extremely competent but once you go down that road of identity politics started yeah. picking people by the way they look and their the, the body parts uh, you can't help but think that all well, decisions well, are made based right, on that it is and you could also I know he's not black and he's not a female but you could add Pete Buttigieg to that list openly gay oh, there's no no question right right a quota hire for sure an affirmative action hire as Sean Spicer pointed out, 66 buses in uh, South Bend, and he's the transportation secretary? 
<laughs> and this is why kids, this is why the, the kids are starving. They can't get their little uh, form, formula bottles. Oh, you know, it's really as bad. It's, it's, it's awful. And so, yeah, so uh, this lady's coming in. And speaking of uh, the, her, her, you know, her attributes or her, her what, what, what should I say? Her uh, checking the three boxes, this guy Dave Rubin, he laid it out. In a pretty rough way, I guess. Uh, well, let's see. Cut 37, Lou. Please play Dave Rubin. This guy's a podcast dude. He's known inside the Beltway. Uh, he appears on Tucker's show, Fox News, all that stuff. Dave Rubin on Corrine Jean-Pierre. Go ahead, Lou. Corrine Jean-Pierre. We know nothing about her other than the most important things. She's a black lesbo. And for that, she's got the gig. Very exciting. She's also married to a CNN anchor. Yes, you can't make this stuff up. You'd think that perhaps in terms of optics, if you were bringing in a new White House press secretary, you could maybe possibly find someone who wasn't married to a CNN anchor. <laughs> A black lesbo. I mean, yeah. he says right. it so cavalierly, like uh, it will have no ramifications uh, for him in the future. It won't. And he's maybe gay. it won't. It won't. He's gay. Again, well, he's, he's, gay. He's, he's, he's a white it's conservative. A, it, again, lesbo is a gay term. It's not a color term, and he's gay. He, it's, he's, it's, it's, he, I know you disagree, but it's no different than Chris Rock using the N-word. It's the same exact thing. He's gay. But he's not he, a, he, can, he can talk he, about that community in that way because he's gay. But he's not a lesbian. Doesn't a man, matter. A gay's... Like, white gays, uh, and, and and I learned this from watching Modern Family. A white your gay man, listen to me, white gay men despise lesbians. They really do. They don't get along. It's like, Milo it's like oil and told vinegar. Us the same thing. Milo used to come through the studio and tell us the same thing. Milo, that they, they, it's, it's so untrue. For the most part, they, 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 they're all gay, and they respect that part of it. They don't get along. They, they catfight like, like, like the B word. Yes, that's true. But in, a gay guy can use the term lesbo. He's not going to get into any trouble. He's gay. Listen, you just you just you just cited a perfect example, Exhibit A, that being gay doesn't give you that type of immunity. If you're a white gay conservative, Milo Yiannopoulos has been canceled for a couple of years. When was the last time you heard of Milo Yiannopoulos yeah, doing but, anything anywhere? But not because he said lesbo. He because well because, because he said offensive things. Nah, he, he 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 was a conservative and he defended. Trump. By the way, he's not even gay anymore. He's a fraud anyway. He's back Sid, to he's, he's, with women now. Dave, Dave Rubin uh, defends Trump. I understand. And, and, listen, and Milo was canceled. He's a perfect example of that, that being a white gay conservative does not give you immunity. He's gone. He's dead and stinking. Well, he's that's out. different. If, if you're going to say to me that Dave uh, may get canceled because he's a white conservative, that's one thing. But a gay guy can use the term lesbo because he's gay. Well, I don't know what, uh, why uh, even having uh, this uh, argument. He's gay. Well, because, uh, that's because gay, that's you brought gay up my, my, I think you made my argument for me by bringing up Milo. You know, no, no, Bernie. He, Milo, it, was, it, it, Milo did not get fired because he used a gay slang. He no, got canceled. Your argument. He got canceled because he said offensive things. He did not have the immunity that you would think is conferred on a gay person because he was a white male conservative. Right. And so, so if you're a black uh, female lesbian who's a liberal, you'll have all the immunity in the world, but not necessarily. In my opinion, if you're a white, conservative, gay man, uh, you, you don't have the same uh, level of immunity. Okay, we can agree to disagree on that. Listen, uh, that the lady Corinne Jean-Pierre, she's all over the place. Everybody's racist. She's anti-Semitic. APAC is a racist organization, the American-Israeli Political Action Committee. Donald Trump is racist. He's a, a Putin puppet. 
Fox News is racist. Fox News, now she's going to have to deal with Fox News. Uh, Greg Gutfeld actually reacted and responded to her calling Fox News racist. This will be cut 23, Lou. Greg Gutfeld on Corrine Jean-Pierre calling Fox News racist. Go ahead. So as part of her new job, she'll be dealing with all of these racist Fox News reporters, especially our own dumb SOB, Peter Ducey. Yeah. Oh, he's so racist. It's funny. Saki's scheduled to leave her job Friday, where she will end up right where her replacement was, when she said we were all racist. I call it the circle of strife. Like Shemp and Curly, they just switched roles. Mm. But I guess that's what Democrats mean by both sides. So will the new face of the administration face questions about her hatred for Fox News? Maybe, but only from people at Fox News. Assaults on the press are another one of those things that can only come from Republicans. But I should point out, we're not racists. We're just kicking all of their asses, and they're out of ideas, so that's why they call us racist. And as long as you're on the right side, meaning the left side, you can say anything you want. But unlike the left, we won't try to stop you. It's the best way to make you look stupid. Well, he's right. You run out of argument, you go to the, the racist, uh, you, you know, the racist, the race baiting. That's what you do. You go to race baiting because you have nothing else. The last refuge of a skunk with no argument is a, a, a screaming racism is what it is. And that's what she is. So those should be some of the first questions she's asked hmm. about her past statements yep. of pushing Russia collusion. Trump's a, 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 a puppet of Putin and calling everybody and everything racist and APAC. How do you feel about the state of Israel? You don't like APAC is severely racist because they stick up for Israel. Is that right? Because they were, you know, she said that because it puts down the Palestinian people and Muslim people. That's why yeah. she said that. Yep. Those should be some of the first questions asked, asked, I should say, of her. Now, also, uh, another guy you know I love, Ron DeSantis. This guy, he comes out with new ideas, the, the Parental Rights Act. He collaborated, collaborated with the state legislature down in Florida to get that passed. That was terrific. A brilliant piece of uh, legislation is, is what it was. Now he's come up with something else. He's come up with a day of, of victims of communism is what he's calling it. A day of victims of communism to be taught every November 7th in high school. Every November 7th. Here is Ron DeSantis talking about just that. Cut 44, please, Lou. Today I am signing... HB 395, which will officially designate November 7th as Victims of Communism Day to honor the more than 100 million people who have fallen victim to communist regimes across the world. We want to make sure that every year folks in Florida, but particularly our students, will learn about the evils of communism, the dictators that have led communist regimes, and the hundreds of millions of individuals who suffered and continue to suffer under the weight of this discredited ideology. See, this is where it all starts, in the schools. Yeah. That's uh, why he's so he's, brilliant. He is brilliant. He is brilliant. On the Right, but, but, schools, but, yeah. but, but he's doing the kids a disservice. He's going to teach them about the dangers of communism. When instead, he could be teaching the four-year-olds about how you know little little Susie likes to have sex with little Melissa, and uh, little Bobby likes to have sex with uh, you know little Jimmy, and all those great things that are you know really really upholding the fabric of America today. True. He's, he's True. wasting. By the way, every, every time you play Ron DeSantis, I can't help but think now, Bernard, about the Museum of Jewish Heritage. Those mother effers who have canceled DeSantis' speech and won't invite him, but uh, as I pointed out yesterday, have invited AOC. AOC, who hangs around with all these Jew haters and anti-Semites, from Tlaib to Omar to all these horrible people, 
And uh, she's okay to come, but not Ron DeSantis. I love Ron DeSantis more and more every day. Yeah, absolutely right. No, the Museum of Jewish Heritage should be ashamed of themselves. And DeSantis is a bright, shining uh, object of the future of the Republican Party is what he is. And the, speaking of the future, the antithesis of that, the past, Joe Biden, the imbecile in chief, represents the past. Here is a, a, a snippet, a couple of comments, a montage, if you will, of what this idiot said yesterday, blaming everybody else for inflation and saying, hey, my policies are good. Cut 29. Go ahead, Luke. Cut 29. And I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength, and that strength that we built is inflation. Look, <laughs> what? I know you got to be frustrated. I know. I can taste it. Taste it? Do you take any responsibility for your policies? No. I think our policies help, not hurt. What? Think about what they say. The vast majority of the of the uh, uh, of the economists think that this is going to be a real tough problem to solve, <laughs> but it's not because of spending. Oh. No, it's not oh, spending. No. no, no, not at all. Oh. No, it's just economics 101, <laughs> government spending, spending money you don't have contributes, uh, uh, you know, it's like the first thing that contributes yeah. to inflation. <laughs> and he did $1.9 trillion. Just, a, just such an embarrassment. Or, I mean, not only an embarrassment, but just the, the disrespect and the disdain and contempt he has for us, the uh, people, you know, the everyday citizen, to lie to us and think we, we, we don't know any better. Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana, always funny, always glib, and uh, puts it always right on the money, funny and on the money. Senator Kennedy, cut 16 and 17 back-to-back. -back. Please play them both, Lou. I don't mean to be uncharitable, but... Sometimes I think President Biden just doesn't eat enough fiber. He said today that he bears no responsibility whatsoever for inflation. I think most Americans are thinking right. And Jimmy Hoffa died of natural causes. <laughs> also, the stripper really likes you. The truth is that the Biden administration just keeps kicking its own ass. The truth is, President Biden won the nomination because he promised not to be Bernie Sanders. Who has he tried to emulate? Bernie Sanders. After 14 months, we know that President Biden believes in bigger government, higher taxes, more spending, more debt, more regulation, a weaker military, open borders, taxpayer-funded abortion on demand, and turning cops into social workers. Here's his energy policy. Wind, solar, and wishful thinking. He thinks he can run the greatest economy in all of human history without fossil fuels. And that's one of the main reasons why the prices at the pump are so high. And the American people see this. They see that after 14 months, nothing is built, nothing is back, and nothing is better. Yep. Beautifully Dang. well done. In, in less than a minute, Senator John <laughs> oh, so Kennedy. Good. So He's good. like a hobo on a ham sandwich <laughs> all over this Biden person. Uh, pretty damn good. And yeah, another. Great. Go ahead. What were you going to say? Sir? No, that was great. I just, you know, and, yeah. and, and watching, I did watch uh, Biden last night and just to kind of emphasize what uh, Kennedy said there, once again last night, he blamed two things for all of the issues that he's caused. Putin, which is really ridiculous, a war across the world, and the pandemic, which has been over now for, what, nine months, ten months, twelve months. 
Who knows? So he's got two built-in excuses for the next two and a half years. And the question is, how stupid are Americans? Uh, like my sister, are they going to buy it and yeah. say, stop blaming Biden? Or, or will they come to the realization, even Democrats, that he's lying to every one of you? Yeah, and we had COVID under Trump, but we didn't have these problems. Uh, on the Bernie and Sid Show, Congressman Peter King, st- still on the on-deck circle. Lydia Serrani coming up next. Two hours more, or just a little bit less of the Bernie and Sid Show to come. Keep it where it is, ladies and gentlemen. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, before I get to my report, I open up the New York Post and look at this full page ad, the number one Nielsen rated news talk morning show in the country here. I mean, look at this, uh, Bernie and Sid. What an honor to be a part of this team. This is incredible. I mean, if you think about it, how far we've come ever since John Katzmatidis took over, the two of you, New Yorkers, love you guys. Everywhere you go, Bernie and Sid, Bernie and Sid, everybody has you guys on the dial. So congratulations. I love this ad. Thank you. It is a beautiful ad. Color picture of uh, me and Bernard. And again, a great job by John and Margot Katzmatidis, Chad Lopez, the whole crew. I know tonight, in fact, is the ratings dinner. We're not going to be there, me and Bernie, but... We certainly uh, would uh, would like to have some type of, of award. You could even pick it up for us if you'd like, Lydia. Sent oh, our way for making this station a huge success. Like? Well, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Let's let's get mm. an award ceremony going on. How about a sack of cash? There you go. Even that's better. even better. Hey, 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 Lydia, let me just say this. Thank you for your contribution to the show as well. Oh, yes. Thank so you. you're yes. a part of it as well. So huge part. Thank you. Yeah. It's such huge an. Part. It's so, such. I love it. It's such a pleasure. I, just, I look forward to this every morning. I wake up bright and early, and I'm thinking, like, what kind of report can I bring to the guys? Because you guys talk about everything. And so I try to come up with something that people don't know about or try to bring, like, a different perspective, being that I'm a mom and I'm a female. So, you know, the big story for a lot of moms, if you look on social media, this is what my report is about. I belong to a lot of mommy groups, and now moms have resorted to going on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it, to try and find baby formula. There are moms out there with one, two bottles left. And, you know, my daughter's five now, but I know she she loved her formula. She loved her milk. And she would drink like a like a like a bottle. We did the bottle, the Similac, yeah. but a lot of them do the powder. And she would go through like, you know, one bottle a day. And then the cans, I know that that can last moms for a couple of days. That, that's what, what people- I bought. In fact, both, both of our kids, Bernie and me, uh, drank the Similac. And I bought cans and cans, whether it was a yeah. CVS in Tenafly, New Jersey, or Boca Raton. Ava and Gabe and Bernie's two beautiful children. That's what we did, too. So we're kind of lucky in that respect, me and Bernie, we're past that stage. If, in fact, we still had infant children, this is a very, very scary time. And once again, once again, Joe Biden and his administration's fault. Yeah, well, and, and of people, course. Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, supply chain issues. But quickly, uh, Lydia, just let me ask you a fundamental yeah. question out of ignorance. Is there no substitute? I was talking to my wife last night. I said, let them drink. Uh, give the kids a bottle of milk. Give them, give them some almond milk, for God's sakes. But you can't do that, she told me, because of uh, certain bacteria. They can't handle their kidneys, can't handle certain uh, pro- vitamins or whatever that's in the milk. Is there no alternative that, that they can use? A, no, a and you're Similac? not supposed to. No, you're not supposed to dilute it either, because then the child won't get enough nutrients that it needs to grow. And 
And also it's really hard to even just change the formula because once the little baby and they drink the formula up until they're a year old. And a lot of people say, well, why don't you just breastfeed? Well, first of all, not a lot of women, a lot of women have issues breastfeeding or maybe they have to go to work. I mean, I'll a TMI, I breastfed until my daughter was three months old, but then I had to go back to work and I worked a 10 hour shift. So unless you're like pumping all the time and I was in a news truck, it's not feasible for a lot of American women. So of course I had to put my daughter on formula, but I mean, you can't just like switch it up. You can't just use regular milk again because of the bacteria. So you got a lot of moms that are really freaking out. They're scrambling. One mom said that she is now asking family members across the country for help. She's literally recruiting. She's contacting them and asking them, Hey, can you look because she'll spend like a whole a tank of gas going to every store in uh, like her tr- in her area looking for a can of formula and she can't find it. So you got this on top of the gas prices, on top of everything high. Now you can't find baby formula. Meantime, we're sending billions and billions, another 60 billion to Ukraine. But listen to this mom and the struggle her and her sister who who have newborn babies are going through. There's family in Louisiana. Um, I had some friends in Georgia and Tennessee look. Uh, We have family in Delaware. I mean, literally coast to coast, and nobody has found anything. So, Wow. It's really a sad situation. Thank you, Joe Biden, you creep. Yeah. I mean, it really is infuriating as well. I mean, these things are self-inflicted because of their incompetence, and and, and frankly, they're, they're, they're... callous attitude towards the the people here they don't care about us they really no. just don't care they have an agenda well, here- a socialist communist agenda and that's all they want to push through uh, the green new deal but uh, formula for kids screw the kids screw the kids jen Saki was asked about it she kept talking about that it was a baby formula recall a plant shutdown and putin and everything else in between but experts say supply chain issues and inflation fueled this formula crisis long before that and there's one way that they can actually prevent this crisis from spiraling completely out of control is that they can bring in international manufacturers so the reason is so we only a lot of the women we get our formula only here in the United States by the plants here. There's a lot of strict guidelines, but a lot of other countries, they also have formula like in Italy and France and other countries. So we need to ramp up production. I don't know what Biden is thinking. He's obsessed with like lifting the tariffs on Chinese imports. Why does every single move Biden make benefits our adversaries instead of Americans? Uh, You know the answer to that because uh, his son and him, don't leave him out of the it's mix. Comp- don't don't, don't talk about exactly. Don't talk about Hunter and Uncle Jim. Joe Biden has absolutely. You can bet your life savings on this. Received monies along the way. He's yeah. not innocent. He doesn't know not know what's going on. So, like Bernie just said, compromise. Whether it's Russia, whether it's Ukraine, whether it's China, all of these adversaries, all of these nemeses, if you will, are in bed or excuse me, in the bank with Joe Biden. And you know Donald Trump, if he was president. He'd be on the phone with this uh, CEO yes. of this company, that company, just the way he did the uh, the, the vaccines. He would have gotten people together. Yep. We're going to fix the problem. We're, we're, we're emergency building a new plant to, to supply, you know, to, to, to create more Similac, however they produce it. I mean, he'd be doing all kinds of things, bending over backwards. He would have put a person in charge of it. Joe Biden did none of that yesterday when he was talking. Yesterday, I don't think he had, the word formula came out of his mouth. 
Now, right now, 40% of store shelves nationwide are out of stock. And I can guarantee you if Biden was president during the pandemic, we still would not have a vaccine. We'd have millions of people still dying. And how funny is that, that they tried to say, they being the Democrats, tried to say that Trump was this traitor and it was colluding with our enemies. And look who we put in the White House. I mean, actions speak a lot louder than any Twitter words. No doubt. No question. Uh, As always, that is a great report. We really appreciate you starting with the Great promo. Again, page 20, that is New York Post. John Katsimatidis, Chad, Margot, everybody paying homage uh, to this show, which, again, you are a huge part of on 825, the power hour every morning. So thank you for that, and uh, we'll be listening at 5 o'clock. Five o'clock, cats at night. You never know who we're going to have on, you know, news from around the world. But we tell the truth. And, you know, our new theme song, it should have been the theme song from the beginning. It's a Superman theme song. And John just like one day turned to me and he says, you know, I was thinking maybe this could be. And I said, you know, it's so apropos. And it's not. I mean, it is because John is in pursuit of justice and um, the American way, truth, justice and the American way. And that's what it we're works. trying to do. We're trying to save the country. We're trying to save the world. Cats at night, 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Lydia Serrano and the Bernie and Sid Show. Peter King coming up. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. That's a great song. Really uh, really gets you going here. By the way, we're heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And right now, speaking of Long Island, we're, welcome, we're happy, honored to bring in a, uh, a good friend and colleague here at WABC, also a great statesman, former Congressman Peter King, on the line with us right now. Good morning, Congressman King. Good morning, Bernie. Good morning, Sid. And, uh, I have really two thoughts here. I have to congratulate you guys on that ad today in the New York Post. It's a recognition of the great job you're doing. The negative part for that is I don't know how I'm going to put up with Sid after this. I'll give you an example. Last week, I I was going to bring this up last week, but I I wanted to get the anger out of my system. I'm down on the field in Staten Island for the opening game of the uh, Ferry Hawks, and I see these two women uh, waving to me from the stands. They want to come out, and the, the security guy lets them on the stands. They have a camera in their hand. So I figure they're coming over to get a picture of me. I have a former, former congressman, chairman of the Homeland Security Committee. They come over and they say, Congressman, would you take a picture of the two of us? Uh. So here I am. I'm standing on the field. I'm Sid Rosenberg's photographer. And then they want different right. angles. They're sideways, front ways, everything oh, else. My That's God. what my life has come to. Yes. And, 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 you, and you tell me and Bernie all the time, and I know you're, you're being very, very serious, that no matter what event you go to, could be a police event, could be a political event, anywhere on Long Island, that the first thing, the first thing people want to know is what are Sid and Bernie really like, right? Yeah, in fact, uh, Friday night, I was. It's, it's called a basketball. It's a, a Brooklyn old-timers basketball night. They have it every year in Brooklyn. They have all these old coaches, players. Uh, I, in fact, I met uh, Steve Sharipa there a few years ago. <clears throat> anyway, again, everybody was asking me about you guys, what they're like. And then the table I was at, Bernie, the guy next to me was a doctor who spent 10 minutes telling me why you're going to be 100% healthy. He was 
went on. He was really concerned about it. He said, we're following wow. it, and he knows what's, what's happening. And he, was, he said, tell Bernie, you know, we're all thinking of him, we're all praying for him. And that started the whole table talking about it. So really, you two guys have really resonated with real Americans. And uh, see what you're saying about, you know, down where you're living. I know that area pretty well. In fact, I'm doing a fundraiser down at uh, uh, Harbolite, which is the... Uh, we go there all the time. The, yes. It's a great place. Bernie Herod is the owner of that. <clears throat> He's a former firefighter. Yeah, uh, he was a uh, almost he acted as a bodyguard to my friend Jimmy Boyle when he was president of the uh, five uh, UFA. I'm doing a, a, a fundraiser down there for guys running for Congress. His name is Paul King. Paul King, no yep. He's running for Congress, and uh, that, that's coming up. It's probably going to be June first, June second. Oh, uh, we will come. We, you know, we keep seeing Paul King's name on every lawn, and Danielle's like, I wonder if he's related to Peter King. One quick note about Harbor Lights: the uh, their son was killed nine eleven. So they are a very patriotic neighborhood restaurant. And secondly, you guys remember this, Bernie and Peter, when that plane crashed in Rockaway yeah. two months after 9-11, it literally crashed right across the street from Harbor Lights. Wow. Right. Yeah, Amazing. hit the houses yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah. Going to the Dominican the Republic. Is, the is a true, true patriot. Bernie Heron, who owns the place, uh, it's come back from, uh, from 9-11. It's come back from uh, Sandy. And, again, it's great. But they're great people. You're right. Everywhere you go, there's an American flag. Uh, people are just so patriotic. And, uh, again, you, uh, you showed at the funeral of, of the uh, firefighter, and that, that's yeah. what you see all the time down, down in that neighborhood, just great people. Well, listen, you're a great patriot yourself, Congressman King. Very kind of you to uh, to say the words you said before about uh, Bernie and Sid. And, uh, listen, you helped contribute a lot to this show, so thank you to you as well. Now let me bring you to this, Congressman King. Uh this, uh, you know, nearly, what was it, $100 billion was stolen in COVID relief funds. That was just revealed in the past couple of weeks. It's been called the biggest fraud in a generation. So now you have yesterday. Well, back up just a little bit. You have uh, Hunter Biden got millions from the Ukraine, and Joe Biden proposed sending $33 billion to the Ukraine in, in, for war relief or war, you know, materiel, uh, whatever it is. Congress tacked on another $7 billion, and they approved the bill to send $40 billion to the Ukraine yesterday. And uh, to me, a lot of that smacks, you know, in light of the $100 billion that was stolen from the COVID relief funds, $40 billion to the Ukraine and $7 billion added at the last minute. Sounds like a little bit of a slush fund to me. What do you say? No, uh, this is where... uh I disagree with you guys. I think that uh, Ukraine is essential to our national security, both military and uh, economic. Again, I wasn't down there to know where all, all the details of where the extra $7 billion came from, but it was supported by over 70% of the Republicans down there. So it's not just a Democratic. It was over 70% of the Republicans. It was, it was a bipartisan vote. I think the uh, heroism we're seeing in Ukraine uh, has really helped to unify Europe. Remember, when this started back in January and February, countries like Germany were barely reluctant to go along. They, didn't, you know, they didn't, uh, you know, didn't even want to be part of the embargo or anything else. Since then, Europe is united. You have countries like Sweden and Finland who now want to become part of NATO because they see the threat that Russia poses. If Ukraine had not held the way they have, with our assistance, no doubt about it, and if uh, Zelensky was not being the heroic figure that he is, I think Europe would be really much more, it would be very disunited right now. But we can't allow Russia to prevail. And, uh, again, uh, all the details, I'm not on the committees, I'm not down there. But overall, I do support providing the funding. If we 
happened this back in 1939 and 1940 when Hitler went into the Sudetenland and when the Jews were being persecuted in Germany, it would have saved us a lot of lives and money later on. So I'm just saying it's entirely analogous. And what happened in Ukraine, listen, there's no doubt there's been corruption in Ukraine over the years, going back certainly two, three, four years ago. I don't see that with Zelensky, but in any event, I think this is in America's national interest. And, again, we can, I guess, maybe agree to disagree. Yeah, maybe no, we, we, agree, we definitely do. Anyway. You want to send a couple of bucks, that's one thing. But in the hundreds of millions, and I wouldn't compare it to what happened in Germany. I wouldn't do that. And, uh, look, we, we, have, we have no more baby formula in this country. Bread's going to become an issue. I got retailers, guys that are losing restaurants still in New York. They're on Arthur Avenue. I got guys struggling uh, in every field. Uh, you know, the, the GDP was a mess. Inflation is through the roof. We don't have the money. We just don't have it. I'm yeah, sorry. We, we, we don't have it. Russia and Ukraine, they, they would have had economic dominance in Europe, and then you would have really seen America. Yeah, but, but you know what you're doing? But you know, you, you know, here's what you're doing. When I watched Joe Biden last night blame a lot of our right. issues on the pandemic, which is complete nonsense, and Putin, in essence, what you're saying is Joe Biden's right because the Ukraine-Russia is costing us back here. So you're almost agreeing with Biden on that point. Now, first of all, any time you're in war, there's always going to be uh, emergency expenses. We've done that in the past. This is to prevent the war coming to the United States, to prevent uh, Europe being economically dominated by Russia and with China. Remember, back in February, China signed basically an unofficial alliance with, with Russia. Now, China has backed away because they've seen that Russia has been stopped. But if they're not stopped, they're going to put more economic pressure, and it's going to cause more jobs here in the United States. And it's going to cause even the price to fuel to go even higher. But listen, don't hold me to Biden. I think Joe Biden has been a terrible, terrible president. He's yeah. been, uh, uh, yeah. again, you, know, you saw the inflation numbers just come out at 8.3%. So much of that is due to this one basic thing he did. When he ended all our oil independence, that's why we're in this uh, position we're in now. Agreed. He's a terrible president, and we can certainly agree on that. Yes. <laughs> we can, but Russia's been stopped already. They have been stopped. And we should be at the bargaining table, not sending more uh, they won't arms. Come, they won't to, come to the bargaining table. Uh, how to get they, out of this? You won't come to the bargaining table. Yeah, well, I think there are ways to. Uh, I think we should be focused more on that than uh, escalating the war. But either way, we can agree to disagree. Go ahead, uh, Sid. You okay. can take the next one. All right, let's get to. Uh, we just talked about Biden and his speech uh, last night. We talked about the issue with the formula here in the country. We talked about uh, inflation. Eric Adams was at the Yankee game last night. Peter King, he threw out the first pitch, and then he did a second-inning interview with Michael Kay and Cameron Mabin. I'm sure you saw that or heard that here. And he he talked about all the issues uh, here in New York City. Um, Listen, he he claims he's taken 25,000 guns off the street. His broken windows policy, that's what it is, seems to be working. Should me and Bernie back off just a little bit? No, uh, keep the pressure on. (laughs) Uh, We do need a broken windows policy. He has not. Fully, he talks about broken windows, but then he says he's not going to go back to the dark old days. It was the dark old days that brought the murder rate down by eighty or ninety percent, and nobody called it the dark old days. And except a few wackos on the left, this is all you know, revisionist history about how terrible it was. What was done to the black and Hispanic population in New York? Their lives were saved because of the NYPD. If Eric Adams follows through on what he says he's going to do, that's one thing. But unfortunately, up till now. He sounds like a hero on Tuesday, then he backs off on Wednesday. So if he's consistent, he goes, Keyshawn Sue will do the job. Let the NYPD guys do the job. That's fine. But the fact is, you know, there's always going to be guns on the street. The idea is to get them off. You get them off by having stop, question, and frisk. That's how you do it. So the guys who have the guns are scared, scared to death of what's going to happen to them if they're caught with a gun. 
So he talks a good game. Listen, I want him to succeed. I know him somewhat. Uh, I just wish he'd be more consistent because the bad guys are always consistent. They're going to be out there trying to kill us and rob us and uh, rape people. That's, that's what they do. The cops cannot have their hands tied behind their back. The cops have to be allowed to do their job. And if Eric Adams follows through and is consistent, then he can get the job done. If not, we're just going to go back and forth. Because as you see, these guns are off the street, but, the, but all the, uh, you know, the shootings are up uh, and all the crimes are up, except for murder. But again, the, you know, the shootings are, are still up, and so are the robberies, the burglaries, and the uh, carjackings. All of that is up. The crime on the subway is up. So, no, he's got to be consistent. That's what he has to do. I still say he was, he was the best of the lot in the Democratic primary, but he has to show he can do more than that. Right. Instead of uh, focusing on uh, going to parties in L.A. and even sitting, uh, going to Yankee State, I guess that's a good thing. Never mind. Scrap the, the last one. But Congressman King on the Bernie and Sid show, I would like to ask you this question. A lot of angles on the uh, overturning, the impending overturning of Roe v. Wade. Maybe. They may or may not overturn it, but. The big concern for me and a lot of other people is that it's going to affect us adversely at the polls in November. So uh, I'd like to ask you a, a basic fundamental question. I asked this of uh, Sarah Palin uh, two days ago, and it is this. What's more important, that Roe versus Wade be overturned this year or that we take back the Senate and the House? Which would you prefer, if you can have one or the other, which would you prefer? Because, uh, well, either way, I'll ask you that question. Yes, I, I believe it should be overturned. And remember, Donald Trump, every judge he appointed to a nominee of the Supreme Court, he said he was doing it so Roe versus Wade could be overturned. So we really can't walk away from that. Having said that, ideally it would have been better if this were decided next year rather than this year. But even with all of that, I still think we can do well in November. We, you know, Life is never easy. I'm sure you learned it in Cardinal Hayes High School. You know, Catholics always feel that uh, you have to fight for what you believe in. And it gets, uh, mm -hmm. if, if, if a cause is worth fighting for, you should carry the to me, the cause is to have a Republican Congress. We have to go out and fight. You know, this is what uh, we're going to be faced with. And, uh, again, you, you mentioned Sarah Palin. There's a woman who really is, you know, walk the walk. I mean, she's uh, she is yeah. a, uh, again, she. I, I, I thought she got such a bad rap. I've only met her a few times, but uh, she she is so much more intelligent than people that are, and really a, a good woman. I hope she wins up in Alaska. And I think she's again, represents a, a, a really solid part. Of, 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 of America, and I really hope that she wins. Yeah, we do, too. And um, she's going to be watching Game 5 tonight, I can tell you that, next to her boyfriend, who she is now publicly calling her boyfriend, Ron the great Duguay. Ron Duguay, yes. <laughs> so that'll be, uh, that'll be later on tonight. Peter, uh, listen, one hey, of the— well, I, Let me ask yeah. you, what, what, what has happened to the Rangers? I, I really thought they were going to make it through the draft. Uh, listen, uh, it's very simple, and I said this on Friday when the series was 1-1, and I, and I provided the tape so it's documented. The Pittsburgh's got Pittsburgh's got better skilled players. That's the bottom line. They're better. And unless the Rangers big time players step up and play great and the kid played over the over his head in as a goalie, Shesterkin, they weren't gonna win. Pittsburgh's better. And neither one of those things are happening. The Rangers top line is not playing well. Crosby's doing whatever he wants, and the Ranger goalie's been terrible. So the better team Pittsburgh's that, better. You know, on top of that Barry Trotz got fired the other day. I don't know. I, I, I that was weird. Was turning upside down. Yeah, that was weird. He did, he coached that team one one win away from the Stanley Cup two years ago, and Lula Murillo said, mm -hmm. Enough of you, you're gone. <laughs> Hey, Peter, one of the reasons why we're uh, number one is because of you. You're great every Wednesday, whether it's 740 or 840. The other times you come on with me and Bernie, we really love and appreciate you. So thank you so much for another great appearance, and thank you for all the time you spent on our program. Thank you so much. 
Well, thank you for this. And again, both of you, thank thank you for your friendship. It means a lot to me. It really does. Thank you. Uh, The feeling is mutual big time. Thank you, Congressman Peter King on the Bernie and Sid Show. Another hour to come, ladies and gentlemen. Keep it where it is. You won't be sorry. Take it away, Lou. Bernie and Sid in the morning on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Going classic here. Play some of this. This is the Bee Gees for the Rangers. Nights on Broadway. This is perfect for that uh, column that Megan McGoldrick wrote yesterday for the Brooklyn paper about William DeMeo, me, and season two of Gravesend. Again, he expects to wrap up shooting July 4th and hopefully, uh, not hopefully, in all likelihood, November. We'll have uh, season two up and running. And uh, Bee Gees, so part of that Brooklyn culture, back to Saturday Night Fever back in the late 70s with Javolta on that great movie. We are back with the fourth and final hour. If you heard that thump, our executive producer, one Justin Ellick, for some reason, Bernard, he, uh, he has this chair, and he, it's almost like, God forbid, he's in a wheelchair. I swear to God, he, he goes up and down the hallway from studio to studio, like in the chair. And the idiot just fell off the chair. And almost knocked over Jacqueline Carl and made a big noise and just looked really stupid. You mean he slides around in yeah, the chair? Yeah, he slides as around. A mode of, right, right. A like, mode a, like, of a, like a child, like a five year old. Burn, you, know. you, right, you, right, right. really, you would really enjoy this chair, actually. It's, um, it's got oh. great lumbar support. You just fell out the chair. No, I was yeah. just conducting an experiment. I was testing <laughs> the durability of the chair, making uh. sure it's put together properly because yeah. Rodwell put these things together. Uh, Wonderful work he does in imaging with uh, Chris Libertini. And, right. you know, I just wanted right. to make sure he, he didn't skip a step. He didn't miss a screw right. here or there. And so, uh, It was yeah. an experiment yeah. to see how quickly the chair could go from standing upright to the floor. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. About right. two seconds. Yeah. So the experiment said what? what was the, what's the answer? Uh, everything's put together perfectly. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I, can, I can still take a hit, baby. Uh, okay. How, yeah, soon before the amb- how soon before the ambulance gets there for Jacqueline Carl? <laughs> <laughs> She's okay, thank God. He that, fell. That's the more important. He missed her by about three feet. Well, so. I will say thank you to Deb and Jacqueline. They rushed to, you know, pick me up, peel me right. up off the ground. And they can't as... pick you up because you're fat. Right. And, uh, right. you know, and, yeah. uh, and all other sorts of negative adjectives. Well, Sid can... laughed. <laughs> of course I laughed. What is he doing? Well, thank you for coming in, Justin. Thank you very much. Uh, rolling in. Let's revisit uh, something from yesterday. This was a beautiful, really very, very nice little tribute put on by one of the greatest radio voices now in history. The great one is not just Wayne Gretzky, it's Mark Levin. I'm going to play this again today. We played it yesterday, what he said about my partner, Bernard, which was beautiful. But I'll tell you why I'm playing it again today, but after we play it again here, here's Mark Levin on one Bernie McGurk. By the way, on WABC, Bernie, Mr. Producer, I didn't know he had prostate cancer. That's public, right? Bernard McGurk, I didn't know that, Bernie. God bless you, buddy, and we wish you all the best here. He's been a good, good friend over the years. And I wish him all the best. He's, he's actually hilarious, smart as hell, and a true blue winger. May I say that? I think I will. Yeah. So the reason why I played that again there was, A, to make you feel good, because that's pretty cool coming from Mark Levin. But, but 
He's going to stop by once again, making another appearance on the Bernie and Sid Show coming up 840 on Monday morning. The aforementioned oh, great one himself, sweet. Mark Levin, yes. Very nice. Yeah, he's a great guy and uh, just a big heart. So like a lot of people, you, you, think you think they're tough guys and they don't have compassion or whatever. Mark Levin has that in spades, just like Bo Deedle, just a real soft-hearted uh, teddy bear is what he is. I mean, he has a job to do, and he doesn't. He does it very well, and he can be vicious, uh, as, as he should be, against his vicious, the vicious enemy within that we, we face. But he really is just a sweetheart. And, yeah, we go back a long ways before he got into radio, as a matter of fact, all through Sean Hannity. He was a friend of Sean's uh, prior to uh, getting into radio, and that's when I first made contact with him. And just wonderful. So thank you, Mark Levin, and I look forward to that uh, 840 appearance here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Very well done, Sydney. Thank you, sir. Uh, I actually went to Matt Meany. He did get it done, but uh, I guess we got it done together. So there you have it. Rich Lowry and Mark Levin coming up on Monday morning. Donald Trump, our guy, went one and one last night. He's been basically Sandy Koufax, never loses. Uh, his guy did win in West Virginia, Alex Mooney. That was a nice win. Uh, his guy did lose in Nebraska, one of the few losses. It was a very, very close race, I think closer than people thought. But uh, one and one last night, Bernard, for our guy Donald Trump. Okay, and his guy exceeded expectations, so we can take some solace in that, in the, in the one in Nebraska. Yes. Uh, but, uh, e- yeah, e- even you, in the no, loss. Yes, even in the loss, yes. Right, and uh, Babe Ruth didn't bat 1,000, no, so he keep that in mind. Yep, no, he did not. Now, talking about exceeding expectations... One guy I think that has done anything but, anything but, is our mayor, Eric Adams. It is worth revisiting this. We've only done it once this morning back at 7 a.m. If you missed that uh, dramatic win by the Yankees last night, a one-out, three-run walk-off home run by Aaron Judge in the ninth. Gave the Yankees their 21st win of the season. They've got the best record in Major League Baseball. They're 21-8. and eight. Aaron Judge is the only player with 10 home runs in Major League Baseball. It's been a great story here for the Yanks. They're 14-2 and two over the last 16 games. And last night started before the dramatic walk-off win with Eric Adams, the mayor, throwing out the first pitch. Again, it wasn't as bad as Gary Delabate. It wasn't as good as George Bush. When the Yankees took on the Diamondbacks in that uh, epic World Series back in 2001, it was somewhere in between. It was high, and um, although you know, it, did, it, it did end up being a strike. It, it started out high, Bernie, but ended up right in the center of the catcher's mitt. Would have been great if they called him for a balk, because <laughs> essentially that's uh, that's a, 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 a metaphor good. for his uh, for his tenure so far. That's very good. Uh, but uh, but anyway, he did reach the plate, so we give him that. He did, and uh, he did speak as well in the second inning. And all this uh, audio was courtesy of the Yes Network. Let me make that clear. Michael Kay, our guy, and Cameron Mabin during the Yankee broadcast had Eric Adams sitting in the booth, and they did an interview, and it was all politics. It's not about the Yanks or the Mets or or, or any sports here in New York. And uh, in this uh, first question from Michael Kay, I believe Michael Kay asked Eric Adams about being mayor and what that means to him. Here's Kay, Mabin, and Eric Adams, courtesy of the Yes Network. You know, it's just so important for young people, particularly that hit bends in the road. You know, growing up dyslexic, um, not realizing that I could uh, comprehend things, you know, had some difficult childhoods, uh, becoming a police officer, watching the city decline and then return. And so this is a great opportunity for people to realize that, that the resiliency of this city, and I'm excited about it. Well... Uh, go ahead. I'll let you have it. Well, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to say many, how, how many guys how, have different childhoods. 
<laughs> How many childhoods did Eric Adams have? <laughs> particularly tell us, particularly tell us uh, oh, about your, your various childhoods. Oh, uh, well, listen, the guy was dyslexic when he grew up, so uh, you know he's not going to be uh, he's not going to be a Clyde Frazier wordsmith. So uh, you know you got to cut him a little slack, I think. No, no. Uh, here's a second question. <laughs> <laughs> he talks specifically about crime. Michael K. basically asking Eric Adams, "How you going to fix this?" And according to Eric, I guess he already has. Number one, we have to stop the flow of guns in, our, in the big cities across America, particularly New York, uh, and then support our law enforcement officers. You know, we took 2,500 guns off the street in this city since I've been mayor. That's unbelievable when you think about it. And it's a small number of people who believe they're going to carry out violence in our city. We need to zero in on them, make sure that they are not allowed to stay on our streets. And that's what the police department is doing. We're going to, we're going to need help um, from the federal government government we're going to need help from others but we're not going to surrender our city to violence well uh of course well let's do it let's act on it the city has already surrendered to violence right violence is winning what do you mean we're not violence going to is do winning it? what is that when he civility, goes we're not going to do it we've already done it yes civility is losing right now and and stop with the uh, gun talk the guns are out on the street they're going to be there you're not going to get them off the street before your uh, four years is over that's a long-term problem, uh, stopping the flow of guns. They are there already. We have to deal with that and take, take measures that will stop people from using the guns that are illegally out there. And that includes stop, question, and frisk. Yes. And that's what Rudy Giuliani, Ray Kelly, that's what all the, the, the Bill Bratton, that's what all the, uh, the smart guys did. That's right. And it worked. Damn right. you got to go back to that. Just like you, you went back to broken windows. And what happened yesterday? A guy jumped a, a turnstile. They caught him, they stopped him, and what happened? He had a gun on him because you went back to do, do the right policy, which was, again, uh, broken windows, no uh, allowing small uh, 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 transgressions and offenses to be tolerated. Uh, so do, do continue along the, the path of going back to doing what's right, and we'll straighten out the crime in this city. Third and uh, final one, he talks here, again, courtesy of the S Network, Michael K., Cameron Mabin, Mayor Eric Adams, second inning of last night's dramatic Yankees 6-5 win over Toronto. He talks here, Bernie, about the difference of the Eric Adams that was running for mayor compared to the Eric Adams that right now is the mayor. When you get to the job, you, you have a full view of the field. And I was always saying that public safety, safety is the prerequisite to prosperity. We have to be safe in our city, on our subway system. Uh, that's crucial. So that was my number one focus to get the city safe. Then when you get here and you realize that you need to put a lot of energy in our agencies to make sure that they are functioning to deliver the services that New Yorkers deserve. So you have to pick a team. You know, I have to pick my first baseman, my second baseman, my third baseman. If you don't have the right team, I don't care what you, your, your vision is, you need to team. And I did that. I, I put together a solid team. And now we're going in and dealing with some of those uh, historical inequalities that really, the inequalities are leading to the inefficiencies and leading to the dysfunctionality that, that our city has experienced. Did he say there, Bernard? Leave the word. Leave the word inequality out of this, all right? Please, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. Inequality, yeah, look, yeah. fix the public schools and you'll have equality. Everybody will have a basic, fundamental, good education. We'll have equality. That's how you fix that problem. Forget about inequality when you're talking about thugs in the streets uh, and about how, I don't know, what, what you're, you're excusing their behavior because 
they suffered some sort of uh, injustice in the past in their lives. Please. I mean, come on. Uh, that Enough. is not a, that is not a good, good approach to crime. Desperate times call for desperate measures. We got to get tough. Yeah. Tough, tough, tough. We got to bash, we their, we gotta bash their brains in, hit them in the head, we bash their skulls in. That's what we got to do. That's well, right. Yeah, I we, said it. That's right. He said it. But you got you really you just have to be tough. You have to take the, the harsh measures and don't worry about what the woke tards are going to accuse you of. Because in the end, you're going to be judged on the results of how you uh, resolved or did not resolve the crime problem in New York. Woke tards notwithstanding. I actually had a, um, one of our co-workers this morning, young, very young, and uh, I'm not going to reveal the person's name, but said to me, and I quote, all my friends, also very young, very young, liked Eric Adams when he was running and now hate him. That was the word this person used. And maybe they would take that back. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't. But they went from, we all liked Eric Adams when he was running. Now they all hate him. The younger crowd. And, uh, dem- and by the way, Democrats. These are Democrats. That's, uh, that's a tough word, hate. Um, look, as Peter King pointed out, he was the best of a bad bunch. No question about it. But uh, so far, no good. So far, not coming through. I mean, uh, uh, well, I, I mean... Uh, the, some of the policies, like I say, broken windows, he did bring back to his credit. But the results, we still see. We have not seen a decline in crime since he came in. It's all been on the increase, and that's not that, that, that that's not to his benefit, obviously. So we need results, Eric Adams, and we need less of you uh, going to the, to the theater, going to L.A., oh, and yes, please. even going to Yankee games. We need more of you in City Hall and yeah. uh, you know meeting with your police chiefs and that type of thing and getting this problem solved. See, I don't mind the Yankee thing because we just had a mayor that would go to Yankee and Met games but was a Boston Red Sox fan. At least Eric Adams is a New York fan. I don't mind that. Yanks are great, all that. But the, the L.A. stuff was ridiculous. He, he went to, like, a one secret dinner. I know you saw this. 14 really high-profile people. Paris Hilton and a bunch of major superstars. Then he went to another place afterwards with more superstars. And he actually did a Q&A at the table. I mean, give me a break. The, uh, the uh, mayor in Los Angeles is maybe worse than de Blasio and Eric Adams. And, of course, you know that's Gil Garcetti's kid, Eric Garcetti. So Eric Adams looks like a million bucks, no matter what he does out there in L.A. But you're right. Stay home sure. and uh, fix the problems here. It's enough already. God, enough. Enough. Really? Enough Jeez. Enough with the TV appearances? Oh, Dis- disappear for a while and wait for some good numbers to come out. You know what I'm so you have something to crow, so yeah. you have something to crow about. I'm saying. Right. You know what I mean? No. I have no idea what you're saying, to be honest. Me neither. No clueless. Idea. Clueless. Well, we got a big, uh, big party tonight. I wonder if Eric Adams is coming tonight. It's a party. It's free <laughs> food. Maybe he's going to come. And you're not going to be there. We're not going to be there, and he hates us. Right. Yeah, he may so come. So it's perfect. <laughs> it's perfect. He should be there. That's true. We're not going to be there. He's going to be there. Perfect. You can have Vinny Madunio introduce him, and uh, the crowd will go nuts. They will go nuts. If he shows up tonight, I think most people would applaud. What would you do? I would give him some polite applause, okay. of course. Listen. A golf clap, like a golf clap, <laughs> like the old uh, Jim Nance uh, give him, give him, give him applause. I mean, listen, you, you, he comes to a, an event that you're throwing. Uh, you be civil. Yeah. Uh, though, and all these things we're saying, these, this is constructive criticism. Right. There's no animosity behind, at least not me. No, not me either. About what I'm saying to and about Eric Adams. No animosity. I'm, no. It's actually, uh, it's good advice. I think he should, he should, should heed some of my advice. Yeah. But uh, I don't hate the guy like your uh, 
whoever it was that no, told you, uh, you, you no this person was not talking about themselves they were saying she, uh, they were talking about her friends but but uh, Greg Kelly for example he does hate him now look uh, the way he talks about the journalists white people I got a big issue with that the fact that he has defended people like Louis Farrakhan in the past I got a big issue with that to me those are th- that's why you hate somebody not because crime is up and all that type of stuff but He's done some racist things, things, I'm not calling him a racist, but he has certainly said offensive and racist things, and he has not been the Jew's best friend. That's when you start to really hate a person. So I feel like if I want to hate him, I can, but I still don't. Right. I, I feel you, bro. I feel you. Yeah, you, you, you're a little bit of a, a soft spot in your heart because you're cutting the guy some slack. He's, yeah. he's, I believe he's trying to do the right thing, and he's trying to have a good time at the same time. I guess... The two are, uh, at this point, I think the two are mutually exclusive. You can't do both. You have to do one, which is solve the problems, and then come back when we get some good results. Uh, unless, and then you can, you can but, shake your booty at the, at the club. But what if he's trying to show New Yorkers and other folks that you can still put on a really nice jacket? And I'd be a hypocrite if I, if I didn't say I enjoy that because I dress nicely every day. You can still put on a really nice jacket and go to a really good restaurant and or party in New York. What if all that is part of his, part of his, his scheme, part of his, his show to make people believe that New York is back and who would know better than him because he's at all the finest places? What if that's the case? No, 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 no. It doesn't work. It, it, it's, it's, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that, that's rationalizing. That's... Yeah. Look! Look! Try, he, try. He, he's clearly a uh, he's he, he's uh, smitten by celebrities. Yeah. He's a media whore. He loves the the attention, all that stuff. Uh, so he's got to cut that stuff out. Cut right. that stuff out. Focus on crime, and that's that. At the risk of repetition, I'm saying I said it like four or five times already. That's the, your focus right there, and come back to us uh, when you get some results. He should actually put his uh, uniform back on. He was such a crappy cop. I think he had six arrests in 25 years. And uh, start oh, arresting yeah. some people. Uh, so, uh, go up to Albany and arrest, uh, you know, Stuart Cousins <laughs> and Heasty. I'm telling you, he's got to go out there. I love he's that. Gotta use, he's he's got to he put up posters of dead people who are victimized by persons who were released on this no-cash bail policy and then say, Carl Heasty, that man is dead because of you. This is what he has to do. He has to take these strong measures. You're going to say, I can't do it because of the assembly. <laughs> well, you can. You can. you got the bully pulpit. You can call them out and make them shame, name and shame them. You can do it. There are ways to do things, and that's what he should have done last night sitting up there in Yankee Stadium as well. A name and shame it. At every turn, name and shame these people. They're getting people killed, and, uh, and, and, and as, uh, by extension, Eric Adams is as well by his negligence in not calling them out. 1-800-848-WABC. As always, that's the number. 1-800-848-9222. I've got the game right in front of me. Pete Bernie coming your way in about 18 minutes at 940. Your chance at cash and prizes. Thanks to Pete Morgan and the fine folks at Peerless Boilers. Need a contestant? You've got the number. More of Bernie and Sid on a Wednesday morning right after this. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Doobie Brothers, uh, great song. Nine twenty-seven Wednesday morning. Quickly before we get back to Bernie, some more meat. I did wish my driver, who gets me safely from my beautiful home to these uh, beautiful studios every morning. He's parked outside my house 
4.15 a.m. Like the mailman, man, doesn't matter. He is there and on time every day. He's a great guy. Fred Ricky Willis with the Rockapulco guys. Happy birthday, Ricky. Thank you so much for taking very good care of me, getting me here safely every morning, and uh, making it a very, very nice ride. Happy birthday to Fred Ricky Willis over at Rockapulco, and thank you for the job you do every morning. Burn. Happy birthday, Ricky. Uh, yes. Hey, listen, here on the Bernie and Sid Show, Sid, I think we covered every, we covered a lot. We covered, of course, Joe Biden's press conference yesterday, which was an embarrassment. A front page of the New York Post, they call it malarkey, a word uh, that, that he used. But it's just the, the lying and all that stuff. I don't want to revisit it right now. Just uh, I'm sick of that guy. Also, they voted uh, $40 billion to send to the Ukraine while we're struggling here in the United States big time. Struggling like you can't believe, a shortage of formula. Kids are going to starve, little babies, little infants. I mean, it's just terrible. And inflation uh, through the roof, all terrible, terrible things. But yet, you and I uh, almost, we had a fight this morning. We had a fight with Peter King. He's okay with it. What? Yeah, no, I know. And, and, and of course, uh, with that, that money, it was going to be, Biden was like, we got to send $33 billion. And at the last minute, the, the Congress tacked on another $7 billion. I mean, like, this, this, this stuff grows on trees. Seven billion. What was that for? I know. And here's the thing. It's not the first the thing, $40 billion. It's like $140 billion now. Right. They've already sent a, a hell of a lot of money. And, but the, 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 that bill, you know, Congressman King said he would have voted for it. But you, they, they, they didn't have a chance to read what was in it before they had the vote. And they still voted yes. So you get just, as I pointed out, the COVID relief funds, they, $100 billion were stolen. It's, it's called one of the biggest cons in uh, modern history against the government. A hundred billion dollars out of about nine hundred billion. So I mean, you can just imagine what they're doing with this money. You know, the kind of uh, garbage slush going to defense contractors or who God knows what that's in that and the money we could use well, and money we don't have to spend by the way in this age of inflation we I, don't even I, have it i doubt defense contractors maybe to the museum of jewish heritage <laughs> oh yeah well what, yeah right but, you know left-wing organizations right just just all kinds of garbage waste fraud and abuse let's put it that way we use an old uh, phrase that uh, to, you know exemplifies government uh, you know waste fraud and abuse right there so we had that. We covered all that stuff. Also, uh, Jen Psaki's leaving. The other little, the nice little cute little girl with a nice smile. She's a vicious, uh, rabid, race-baiting partisan, calling everybody a racist. She pushed the uh, Russia, Trump-Russia collusion nonsense. She's just a vicious person, called uh, the uh, APAC, American-Israeli Political Action Committee, a severely racist organization. Everything is racist with these people. So anyway, Tucker Carlson had something to say about both the uh, peppermint patty-looking punk Saki and uh, this woman, Corrine Jean-Pierre, cut 45. This is Tucker from last night. It's not an easy job, but it's not a very rewarding one either. Under normal circumstances, it takes a lot more creativity to, say, sell lipstick for L'Oreal than it does to be White House press secretary. How did somebody like Jen Psaki, someone so demonstrably talentless, a humorless gender studies major from Greenwich. How'd this person get this much authority in our government? Just hours ago, Saki explained that federal law no longer applies to mobs of Biden voters. They get to intimidate all the Supreme Court justices they want as long as they're on the right side of abortion. 
She could do that because she's the press secretary or was. Next week, she's headed to MSNBC. But in the meantime, you've got to wonder who's going to replace her. Is anyone qualified? Is there another person in this country as shallow, nasty and partisan as Jen Psaki is? Well, there is. Her name is Corrine Jean-Pierre. Nasty, shallow and partisan. And believe me, he's getting ripped apart in the left wing uh, websites for saying, calling her nasty, shallow and partisan. The, na- the word nasty is the one that uh, sticks out. They go after Tucker Carlson at every single term because he's very, very effective. And obviously, uh, you know, the highest ratings of all the cable shows are out there on TV. See, and, and I bring See, him up all the time because every now and then Danielle will listen to the show. And she'll hear something and she'll say, what are you doing? And I mean, what do you mean, what am I doing? Why would you say that? You know, you get the same thing from Carol, I know. And I'll be like, what's wrong with it? She's like, you can't say that. And I'm like, stop saying you can't say that, okay? You can say that. We're telling the truth. We're on a a, a station owned by a guy that agrees with us. She's like, people are getting canceled all the time. And I always go to Tucker. They have been trying, trust me, folks, contacting his advertisers, uh, writing things about him in every paper across the country, maligning him on every single cable network show you could imagine. They have tried their best over years to get rid of Tucker and Sean Hannity. And those guys are still on every night. Now, maybe one day they will, but the point is he's the proof that you can do shows like we do and still survive. Uh, yeah, you have enough uh, loyal uh, you know, advertisers, et cetera, and, and, and the support of your management and owners right. and all that thing. Right, uh, You will survive, yeah. No, and he's a perfect example of it. Uh, you're right about that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I saw what he said last night. It wasn't until I was going through these left-wing websites that I real that I saw that they were going after him for calling uh, Saki nasty. So and Saki and essentially Jean Pierre calling them nasty. But Good, they they, are. anything they could try to do to uh, take him off, they're doing. One last thing. Well, you, th- what, you, th- you think calling somebody nasty is worse than calling somebody like Trump a racist and a Nazi? I don't know. You tell me. No, no. Uh, listen, Sid, that is a terrific point. That's a great point. Yeah, but when you call a woman nasty, I guess they they think that's uh, some sort of. Uh, uh, you know, like the C word or something. I don't know what it is about that word <laughs> yeah. when they call a woman that. They think that w- w- what I just said. Anyway, I want to segue quickly in the moment we have left. Charles Barkley, a lighter note, talking about vicious fans in the stands. He says, hey, let, give me five minutes in midcourt with these people. Cut. Uh, go, go ahead, play it, Lil. Some of the stuff these fans say, let's take them right down the center court for five minutes. <laughs> I've always said that. Some of the crap they said to you, hey, let's give me five minutes to send a court with them and to say, you ain't going to press no charges. Nobody going to get it. No, and no, ain't nobody going to be sued civilly. Say what you just said to me right to my face right here for these five minutes. I'm going to beat your ass, beat the hell out of you. <laughs> he is a little bit out of shape, but I bet he's, he's got that old man strength. I really believe he does. And then he finished up with this. Go ahead, play that one. I'm going to take my time. I'm not going to beat him up quickly. I'm going to jab him a little bit. Then I'm going to lay the haymakers on the ass. And that's why uh, these basketball shows, I mean, guys like uh, Barkley and O'Neal, I mean, they uh, outshine these boring uh, milk toast football pregame shows because you got guys like that talking like that. I mean, talk like real people. Talk, talk like, you know, like men talk in a locker room. Don't talk like a bunch of stiffs. You know, in front of a, a, a Sunday morning a sh- a pregame show camera, because you you know your sphincter muscle is all tightened up because you're afraid. Well, somebody's <laughs> going to say something. To let's you. be honest; they're all white on the on the two channels, two, four, and five. They're all white. 
And the black guys, <clears throat> excuse me, Strahan and Brosen, they're as good as white. So you're not going to get that, what you're talking about, that diversity you get from Barkley. You're not going to get that on the networks. You're not going to get it. And Tom Brady well, well, is not going to provide that. <laughs> well, hire some black guys then. Yeah. Hire, yeah. Uh, hire some tough, uh, hire some tough, get a uh, uh, guy, Luke Pettigrew, get him out there. He'll talk. He'll talk shizzle with you, yeah. and or Jeremy Shockey or somebody like that. They would. Who, who was that? Who was that one football player that used to spit on people? Bill Romanowski. Yeah, get that guy. Yeah, he spit in J.J. Stokes' face. Or get that. Get, like, the, uh, get that Ray Lewis. He murdered people allegedly. This is what I'm talking. <laughs> he used to be. He used to be on one of those. Uh, on one ESPN. Of those, yeah, was he was CBS. terrible. Yeah, he was terrible. Actually, oh, Ray Lewis. He, yeah. Okay. Well, but you want you well, want, want get LT. You want Lawrence Taylor. Get OJ. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Now, it's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Let's play. Milo is in Caldwell, New Jersey. Former combat bet. Cancer survivor as well, and a former sales manager. Seems like an all-around pretty cool guy. Milo, good morning. How are you, pal? How you doing, guys? I listen to you every day. You're an inspiration. Well, uh, you, you're a combat vet. Thank you for your service. Cancer survivor, you're the inspiration. So thank you for saying that, and uh, good luck in today's game, and thank you for listening, pal. Thank you so much. Here's number one, Milo. Go ahead. ahead. No, say it. Go ahead. I was going to say, I already beat Bernie. I had cancer three times, so tell him to hang in there. Well, you're going to talk to him after the game is over, so you can tell him that yourself. How does that sound? Terrific. All right, let's do it. Here's uh, question one. The Revenue Act of 1913, which lowered tariffs and implemented a federal income tax, was signed into law by which president? Tapped. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax, you be Jesus. We're looking for Woodrow Wilson. Number two. Uh, the League of Nations. Yeah. What talk show host was replaced by Piers Morgan when his CNN show ended in 2010 after 25 years on the air? Wow. Um, Easy. Come on. Jesus. Come on. CNN, 25 years. Suspenders, the whole thing. You know this. Larry King? Yes. <laughs> if necessary, the president pro tempore is the senator who presides over the Senate in the absence of who? The majority leader? Incorrect. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax, be Jesus. Would be the next person in charge, which now would be Kamala Harris, the vice president. Ah. What state is known as the Hawkeye state? Uh, no, Iowa. Yes, I was going to say, every college football fan knows that, the Iowa Hawkeyes. And finally, the 23rd Amendment. The 23rd Amendment grants presidential voting rights to citizens living where? Uh, Puerto Rico. Not a bad guess. It's a pretty good guess, actually. This would have been your second guess, I'm sure. Washington, D.C. But uh, nevertheless, you got two right, Milo. Not bad. Tough game today. Let's bring uh, the champ back on. Bernie, are you with us? Eyes right here, Sydney. All right, three right, and you win today's game. Milo, uh, nice guy, combat vet, cancer survivor, three times. Here is, uh, wow. yeah, yeah. Here's today's game. Are you ready to go? Yes, sir. All right. 
The Revenue Act of 1913, which lowered tariffs and implemented a federal income tax, was signed into law by which president? That would be uh, Woody Wilson. Yes! What talk show host was replaced by Piers Morgan when his CNN show ended in 2010 after 25 years on the air? Merv Griffin would be the wrong answer. It was Larry King. Right. One more and you win. If necessary, if necessary, the president pro tempore is the senator who presides over the Senate in the absence of who? In the absence of the uh, Senate Majority Leader. That's what he said. Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax should be Jesus. Believe it or not, in this case, it would be Kamala Harris, the vice president. How dare they? Oh, be quiet. Uh, Okay, there you go. There you go. I'm going to take a line from Tucker Carlson. She's nasty. Number four, (laughs) what state is known as the Hawkeye State? The Hawkeye State would be, uh, hmm... Would it be one of the Dakotas or Ohio? Let me see here. I know you're wrong. I'm going to go. No good. No, no. Okay, go. Well, then oh, I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm wrong. Go ahead. College football, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Iowa. Iowa. See, I mixed up Ohio and Iowa. Well, I think I think uh, Ohio is, that? is the Buckeye State, not the Hawkeye State. Buckeye. Right? Yes. That was close. All go. right. All right. So if uh, you get this right, you win. If not, you play to a 2-2 tie. The 23rd Amendment grants presidential voting rights to citizens Living where, Bernard? The 23rd Amendment, citizens living in, uh, I would say, I would say the, uh, I would say Guam. Wrong, you two-legged back Interesting. Back Jesus. Uh, the contestant said Puerto Rico. The actual answer is Washington, D.C. So after a fiery start, Bernard, you kind of flamed out there, Bernie. And uh, you yeah. guys ended up in a 2-2 tie. Once again, combat vet. Cancer survivor out of Caldwell, New Jersey. Bernie, say hello to Milo. Milo, my friend. How are you, pal? I'm doing well. And I did all that with my sphincter being a little tight. You know, I'm not on the radio like you guys all the time. Uh, you, I'm sure you, you, you acquitted yourself very well. Listen, thank you for your service. Can I just ask uh, where? Yeah, I was lucky enough on May of 1970 to be one of the first guys or the first cab to go into Cambodia. Uh, largest helicopter for salt military history, wound up with uh, two kinds of malaria and Agent Orange, which they were nice enough to spray us, is the reason I had my cancers. But believe me, Burn, you'll get through it. You're tough. Wow. Listen, man, uh, you're the tough guy here, and I appreciate your, your kind words. But uh, thank you for that. Yeah, that uh, raid into Cambodia by uh, Richard Nixon, uh, much criticized, and turned out, to, well, the whole thing turned out to be a disaster. What am I talking about? You went in there to get the, uh, the, the the trail. What was that, the name of that trail that was coming down? They was, Go ahead. Ho Chi Minh Trail, and we interdicted uh, and got a lot of weapons out of there, which I have in my basement. But I may need them coming uh, the way the world's coming. To here. <laughs> you're, you're so right about that. Hey, listen, I, I'll admit it. I forget your first, What was your first name again? Milo. Milo. How could I forget? Milo, listen, man. You're a great American, and, yeah, keep those weapons because the way things are going, you're, you're certainly right about that. Hey, it was great competing against you, Milo. It was an honor. Congratulations on tying me. And, uh, again, thank you for your service. Thank you for listening to the Bernie and Sid Show, and we'll do it again at some point, okay? My wife and I listen every morning. You guys keep up the good work. 
Thank you, sir. There you have it, folks. A really great American Milo from Caldwell, New Jersey, an American hero on the Bernie and Sitch. We're going to close the show out, 1-800-848-9222. If you have something on your chest, you want to get it off, maybe we'll take your call after this short break. Beat Bernie, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Bernard McGurk. Unacceptable is throwing your beer can on the subway tracks. <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. I don't believe it's a three-man race. Bernie and Sid in the morning. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Let's go. All right, back here on the Bernie and Sid uh, in the morning show. <laughs> Bernie jumped in there. You know, I got a text a couple of seconds ago from my beautiful wife Danielle, and she said, "By the way, I apologize for that." No, that's okay. I, I do. I got. I got. I got confused. But that's okay. So she sends me a text, and she goes, "Listen, um, we love that group, her and I, Smashing Pumpkins, and Jane's Addiction. They're going on tour in October. Tickets go on sale tomorrow. So I go to Luke Legrano." a very valued member of the Bernie and Sid show, one of the reasons why we're number one. And I say, do me a favor, Luke, print out the tour schedule. You know, I'm not sure if it's going to be Bernie at PNC, Madison Square Garden, Barclays, right. I don't know, you know. And so he prints out the schedule for me, and he shows me the closest venue is Portsmouth, Virginia. But Oh, God. It's true. But And all these concerts are in Louisiana, Virginia, Daytona Beach, but these are concerts for this month. So tomorrow they announce the Northeast tour in October. Maybe you want to print that part out, Luke. Well, uh, I can't find it anywhere. They only have the, the May dates right now. That's all they've got. So tomorrow when they actually announce the, the dates and the locations, I'll print right. that out for you. Oh, please do that because we have to go see them no matter what. I, I told Danielle we go, and that's the end of it. I also got a text last night from Nicole Sapphire. I never heard of this man. Maybe you have, Luke. She goes, uh, hey, Sid, do you have any Barclays contacts? There's a concert in November. I want to take the kids. I go, who is it? She goes, well, you're so VIP, you should know. Arcade Fire, November the 4th. Tickets go on sale officially Friday. Now, have you ever heard of Arcade Fire, Luke? I have heard of Arcade Fire. I don't think I could tell you a single song by them, but I, I've, I have heard of the name before. Have you heard, uh, Bernie, have you heard that? Never. Never. No. Yeah, we're so okay. out of it. Arcade Fire, I mean. Yeah. From Canada. Oh, you it know. Sounds like a yeah, you know, I, carnival. I know them, yeah. You do know them, Lou? Are, yeah. they, are they good? Yeah, they're excellent. Okay. Well, Nicole Sapphire, the lovely one herself, Dr. Nicole, her kids want to go see it. So now I've got to get tickets for Arcade Fire for Nicole and the Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction for Danielle. And uh, I'll end up getting nothing. So we'll go to the Mets and uh, Braves in July. <laughs> well, you know, there's one option. You can always pay for them. What? What happened? Now, you don't become the number one radio show in New York and pay for concert tickets. That's, that's a preposterous. Well, listen, you know, when, when we used to, uh, when we were on WFAN, yeah. I never paid for a sporting event. Me but, either. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's a different. And if you were on a music station, yeah, you would be able to say, "Oh yeah, I know that. I I can I can hook you up big time." But right, it's a different animal because you're on a uh, a political talk. Doesn't matter. Show number one's number one. Jim Kerr will uh, find out about this and he'll set me up. He loves okay. us, and he's a Hall of Famer, Jim Kerr, and he loves us. Although, uh, all yeah, right, let's see. We go, we're gonna see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Let me, so. let let me know. Yeah. Today was fun. It was a great show. The guests were great today. I thought Sean Spicer was uh, really good. And I like the way he kind of broke down the difference between the job that he did for Trump compared to Saki for Biden. That was very yes, interesting. Yes, right? yes. That was good, right? Go to uh, the, the website, wabcradio.com, and listen back to the podcast and hear what he said. It was very, very interesting and yeah, insightful. It was. And uh, Peter King is always great. Peter King is always great. And you're always great, you son of a gun. You're always great. Look who's talking there, tough guy. Come on. No, it was terrific. By the way, is this Jane's Jane's Addiction? Yes, yes. Very Uh, good. Their uh, big song was Been Caught Stealing. Remember that? Yes. That was them, too. Exactly right. So that's for you, Danielle. You get... Smashing Pumpkin. She has no idea. She says, I'm listening to Howard Stern. She's been in her office. Uh, <laughs> she's listening to us now. Seriously. Uh, we're done for today. A great job, Lou Rafino, Luke Lograno, certainly Justin Ellick, Deb Valentine, and Ella, Northwestern Ella, back in the studio today. Everybody, enjoy your Wednesday here in New York City. Enjoy the big party tonight. Once again, congratulations, John and Margot Katsimatidis, Chad Lopez, all you folks for making WABC great again. Bernie and I would like to be there, but we're just we're very busy. And we're back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. So from all of us to all of you, until that time tomorrow, peace! Peace. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.